do me a favour, if you are listening, please hit the subscribe button, like, share, rate, review the podcast. It really means more than you realise. I believe every business owner has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picture Book Films. I left school just before I was 16 with a, in my head, the school telling me you'll be lucky if you can clear rubbish. But on the other side of the coin, of course, I had my dad who, who just constantly told me you can do what you want and be what you want, and I believe in you, son. You know, a page of words frightens me. A blank page excites me. Over the 31 years, no exaggeration to say 25 out of 31, I think I'm going to lose the business. Getting up Monday morning, being a good person, doing your best. Losing dad had a profound effect on me. But that was losing that person on my shoulder Mm. telling me, you have my permission. You can do anything yeah, you want. Yeah, I was stepping up to the challenge, but my body couldn't do it. So the, the longest swim, I managed to get eight hours into the swim. And then my coach pulled me out and said, you know, you're literally going to die. I mean, any athlete would tell you, you've got to have rest days. Yeah. I couldn't do it on this because I'd committed to, to doing one Olympic triathlon every week for 52 weeks. We all have 24 hours in a day. If you want to do something, find a way of doing it. So I think my work-life balance is perfect. Mark Twain, best thing, best quote, yeah. Mark Twain quote, I'm an old man and I've suffered many problems, the majority of which never happened. Be the best that you can be, full stop. I think that's it. I think if it's not be the best, be the best you can be, and that means how you treat people and how you treat yourself. Okay, welcome to the final episode of 2022, end of Series 3, and I could not think of a better way to round things off than with my next guest. He is CEO and founder of Seiko Group, chairman of the Star Trust charity. He swam the English Channel, completed the Ironman, and at the start of the year in SBT, we covered the beginning of his journey to complete 52 Olympic triathlons in 2022. And last week, on the 30th of November, he completed his 52nd triathlon in less than a year, raising over £100,000 for the charity. I've said it in many posts this year, that in life we meet people that have a true impact on us and inspire us. There is not many people I've met in my life who have had such an impact on me or inspired me more than the one and only Rob Starr. <laughs> Rob, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Blimey, there's an intro. <laughs> There's an introduction which I probably haven't earned. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. Bless your heart. Mate, you certainly have earned it. Listen, what what an absolute privilege it's been to get to know you this year and work with you and see what you've done with the with the charity and it's a phenomenal challenge. So thank it's you. been um, and it's just brilliant to have you. I could, like I said I couldn't think of a better way to finish off the off the series and this year and um we're gonna hear your story. So mate look exactly. thank we're, you. We've um we're we we jump straight in. Just look talk to me talk to me a little bit about life growing up, where the story began. Talk talk to me a little bit about life growing up as a, as a kid for you. Um 
I had, uh, I mean, I just had the best parents, right? I mean, and that that's that's the start we all need in life. Mm. I mean, w- I was born in Brighton. We came from, uh, I guess, financially, I would say, middle class. Yeah. You know, v- we had a nice, nice house, always good food on the table. Um, yeah. You know, it wasn't a, a wealthy background. There wasn't lots of holidays or stuff like that. But I, what I had was the wealthiest upbringing in terms of support. Yeah. So um, my dad, who uh, we lost actually 16 years ago yesterday, um, was uh, just a really kind, thoughtful, funny um, guy, and, and who everyone loved. I went through my life not realizing how loved he was, yeah. a- and it wasn't actually till we lost him that I really got him, actually, which was a kind of a shame in some respects yeah, yeah, yeah. that I actually understood why everyone loved him so much, and it was because he gave everyone, he gave everyone time, and he made everyone feel like they mattered and they were important. It didn't matter who they were. Um, and, um, yeah, so that was my upbringing. It was, it was, uh, it was fun, yeah. loving, but it was also challenging. I was, I was not, uh, I didn't do school. I didn't do education. I just in, wanted... In what way? Not engaged in yeah, school? Yeah, I, I, I think that it was probably a, a mixture between me not, me not really getting it, getting the ed- the education piece. Yeah. Um, I, I was never academic. I, I, I never I never found it easy, and, and because because of that, certainly in those days, you know, the school classes were big. You know, thirty five, forty in a class. Yeah. Teachers had to concentrate on the ones who wanted to learn, and the ones who the ones who didn't really show interest were left behind. And and that was kind of my upbringing. I was I was. I was considered the one who would never make it. I mean, um, my mum found uh, the final school report I had um, only a few years ago, and they'd written on it, which they wouldn't do now, um, he'll be lucky if he's a dustman, which wow. is, of course, is rude to dustman because, you know, it's a hard hard job as yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but it wasn't said in that. It was said as quite a dig at me, and that was, ha- that was how I was sent out into the world. And I left school at just before I was 16 with a, in my head, the school telling me, you'll be lucky if you can clear rubbish. But on the other side of the coin, of course, I had my dad who who just constantly told me you can do what you want and be what you want, and I believe in you, son. Yeah. It's hugely powerful, yeah, yeah. you know. Because that, like, I, I talk about it quite a lot actually on here and about the education system. I'm keen actually just to hear <coughs> listen to that story about what your thoughts on it. Because uh, for me, it's such an archaic system. Even like these, it has yeah. changed a lot. And uh, look, teachers are amazing, and I, th- I do think they. You know they've got a, a hugely difficult job because they they they've got to do something via this curriculum yeah. that's th- that's historically just an archaic way of, of learning. Difficult, isn't it? Because you, I, I understand. Oh yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a given. I think teachers do the best job hmm. possible, and, I, and my wife, being a qualified school teacher, yeah. has taught for many many years. So I, you know, I've lived through that for the last twenty five years, and I, so I, un- I, I, it's a hard job. Yeah. The constraint they've got is that. Our education system is built on um, learn, repeat, forget, learn, yeah. repeat, forget, Absolutely, which yeah. is which is ar- utterly archaic. It's built on you. One has to test. Of course, one has to test, but yeah. it's built on exams, which yeah. is how are you today? Yeah. Can you take the pressure of an exam today? And we're going to base your potentially your life on that, yeah. which is utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and um, so and. and and it doesn't 
teaching doesn't seem to edu- the education system doesn't tend to doesn't seem to want to lead you to what you want to do. Yeah. So um, it's based on you know you leave school and you go to well now you go to college in our day well, certainly in my day you yeah, left yeah. school at sixteen of course or yeah, just yeah, before yeah. but now you have to go to eighteen yeah so you go to eighteen and and they're saying to you okay what A levels are you going to do because you have to do them now yeah, yeah. Um, and often the, the conversation is based on well there's a young person who doesn't know what they want to do which is the majority did you, did you know did you have any idea what you wanted to do no zero. No. Of course not. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, my dad said you need to go and get. You've you, you've wasted your time at school. Mm. Supportive as he was, he was a hard worker, Dad, yeah. and he wanted the, to me to be the same. So his his answer to me was go get a job or don't come home. I mean, mm. literally said that to me. <laughs> okay. So, but the you know when, when you're looking at education today, mm. they they're literally saying, um, if you don't know what A levels to do, well, what what exams will you pass? Mm. So okay, I, I'm good at geography. Well, then you should do geography. Well, is that going to help you later, or are you just pass an exam for the sake of it? I want to know what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, surely that's what you should be concentrating on now. So, <sighs> it, it, I think the system's. I don't think it's a great system. I think it's, it's but it's and so embedded in, in the country. I don't know how you change it. To be good, honest. Uh, see, I'm, I'm, I think there's a couple of things there that I would say. That so one, again, like you said, that we actually kids potentially at vulnerable stages get labelled behind or yeah. not going to succeed yeah. because they've not engaged in an archaic way of, yeah. of learning. Yeah. And for, so for me, the only way it changes is from the top. It's got to change. Government got to look at it and go, actually, we... Because, of course, I understand the fundamentals around English and maths. We've got to really learn some of them basic fundamentals. Yeah. Do I need to learn trigonometry and yeah. other stuff like that? Potentially not. Could could I learn now the way society is? Do we do more stuff around coding and Absolutely. you know yeah. content creation or yeah. something where maybe jobs that weren't even available when we were at school, but you know are going to be now and jobs that you know don't for exist the future. Yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which that. will exist. Yeah, but I think can we not somehow look at the young person, not judge them by our standard, not judge them by what their parents do, but yeah. judge them by what they're interested in and. Just because your dad's a lawyer, do you have to be a lawyer? Your dad's a bus driver, do you have to be a bus driver? Your mum's a chef, do you have to be a chef? Mm. I mean, why? You know, I, I think that when you look, when you talk to to young people, they 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 are themselves. They mm. are not their parents. Yes, their parents ins- hopefully instill some sort of moral code in them. Yeah. But what's in their DNA is them. And we should we need to find out what they want to do. Yeah. Not just it, not even just what they're good at. Yeah. It's not about what they're good at. Yeah. It's about what do they want to do, what interests them. Yeah, what they're passionate what is their passion they're is. And we spend so much time working, so much of our life working. Mm. And we ha- we have to accept that in everything we do there's going to be hard parts of it, difficult parts mm. of it, challenging parts of it. But that's okay if the end result's what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. If the end result isn't what you want to do, that makes that rest of that journey just too hard yeah. and unnecessary. Because, uh, uh, again, all, all, a lot of the time I talk on here about, about the journey, especially running a business and stuff like that, you're going to have ups and downs. There's going to yeah. be successes and failures along the way. But ultimately, if you believe it, you're passionate about that and you love what you do and you enjoy that, you can survive the you hard times. You can survive times. it, of course, 100%. Yeah, it's... I mean, so, so talking then coming coming out of coming out of, out of school then, and your dad saying that to yeah. you, 
go out there and get a job. What, yeah. what was your mind? What did you think? You just got to go and get yeah, anything? Yeah, t- that was it. So I, so the, my plan was, randomly, and I, and I know this is a subject which you love. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be a chef. Um, and uh, so the only exam I, I turned up for at, at school was home economics, which <laughs> in those days was a, uh, a, a subject which was on the curriculum. Yeah. Um, and I think it should be yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. learn, learn to cook, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Fundamental else, life skills. If, if, exactly if nothing that. else. Um, but so I really, really loved that. So I, that's the only exam I took and, and, and got. Yeah. So I said to my dad I wanted to be a chef. So he... he re- he got me down to Brighton Met College, um, as it was then, yeah. um, or well, as it is now. And I took the entrance exam, and I passed it. Yeah. And Dad bought me the knives, the the hat, the, the white outfit. And then the day I was meant to start, I got up and I said to Dad, I'm not, I don't want to go. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I just decided I'm not going, which was, I would be devastated if one of my kids did that to me. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and Dad turned around to me at the time and said, um, I couldn't afford to buy what I bought you for this. I've supported you on this. You either, A, go and give it your best shot, which and you can do this, yeah. or go get a job. But you're not coming home with one of those things happening. So um, me being as stubborn as I am, I said, well, I'll go get a job. And that was it. And I, and I, I you know, just walked down. Walk down from what home. What was it? Do you think that what, what, what changed in your mind to not want to do that? Do you think then? Because that know, was obviously a passion of yours, and I know you still love cooking now. Yeah, you're still I do a, a lot. Yeah. Um, absolute honesty, no idea. I yeah. mean, I look back now, and and I to say I wish I'd done it. It's my journey's gone on the way it's gone, and and, yeah. and I wouldn't change anything in my life, but. I don't. I, I wish. I, I, there's part of me that wishes I'd gone yeah, down there. Yeah, and what yeah. would have happened in my life if I'd have done that? I have no idea. Yeah. I just. I'm, I'm a very. I'm a really reactionary person. Yeah. Um, I whilst I love a list, I live my day on a list. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like plans. I don't yeah. want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. That kind of frightens me. Yeah, okay. Not knowing what happens tomorrow excites me. And I think it was maybe that. I think it was. I think it was that I got up and I just saw a, a future mapped out. Yeah. I will now go to college. I will study to be a chef. I will be a chef. And yeah. I think it was, Im- I think I woke up and I was, and the fear was the known. Yeah. Not okay. the unknown. Wow. <laughs> Which is odd, isn't it? It is, yeah. But that's a great, my, like, a creative mindset, a way of just, because it sto- fear stops people from doing a lot of things. Whereas, like, it, it, the fear of the unknown. Is I what think stops people, you know a page of words frightens me. A blank page excites me, that's and I think and I think that's just what it was. And mm. I, and, I, and I think I'm, I don't think I've ever changed. Mm. You know, you know me well enough. You yeah. know, I jump, and then as I'm falling, I'm looking at where <laughs> I'm going to land. And and I think that the 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 knowing that there was a cushion there is what yeah. scares me. Yeah. And I think that's what happens. Yeah. So I, yeah, I had to take that decision. Yeah. And maybe looking back, it was quite a brave decision, perhaps, that I didn't yeah. just take the, I guess, what could have been the easy option, yeah. you know? And it's, it's, so you've gone out you've gone out on that day, and you've gone, well, I'm going to go and get yeah. a job. And what, wh- wh- where did you start? So you I, <laughs> I literally walked from the house, and I, uh, the fir- and I walked along the London Road into Brighton. We lived up in West Dean, and I just walked down and walked along. And it was the first business that I came to with the lights were on. 
um, literally, and I didn't know what they did. It turns out they were an insurance. That was the barometer of where, where you're going to go. That get was your it. <laughs> lights the lights on. were on. <laughs> that, you know, that was it. Love so that. I, um, it, it turned out to be an insurance brokerage, which of course meant nothing to me. I was 16. Yeah. I, insurance, I'd never come across the word, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. And I knocked on the door and I went in and there was this, this guy um, called Dougie Edmonds. He had DF Edmonds and Co., and he said, he, he said, I've just interviewed someone, just given somebody a job, so there's, I'm sorry, there's nothing for you. And I said, yeah, well, I'm not asking for anything major. I'll make you tea. I've mm. got to go home with a job. And I told him the story that Dad said, come home with a job. And he, he liked me, I guess. And he said to me, you know, yeah, you can make me tea. And that was it. So I literally went home. He said, start tomorrow. Mm. So I went home. And that evening, Dad said, well, you're home, so you've got a job. I said, yeah. And I told him the job. And he said, how much... How much is the guy going to pay you? I said, well, that was never, that wasn't discussed. You never said I had to get paid. You said go get a job. <laughs> so I came, so he, and, it, it, and yeah, and your reaction was his reaction. And he said, all right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> fair so play, fair so play. I, I, I went in the next day. I was standing outside before the lights were turned on. Yeah. Um, I was standing outside when he turned the lights off. And I spent about probably a week, no more, maybe 10 days making teas and coffees for him and his staff before he uh, let go of the, the the guy who he'd taken on, yeah. who had come to him. This goes back to what we were saying earlier. He came to him with a, a university degree yeah. and a lack of common sense, yeah. and he gave me the job um, wow. because yeah. in that week of making tea, in between everyone sipping their tea, I was hovering over every single shoulder. And, and and I think I was lucky because I found a a, a job or a, an occupation which made sense to me. I understood yeah. listening what they were doing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it didn't feel hard to me. It felt like, well, that's obvious. Yeah, yeah, why? Yeah. It was, it, I understood the why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, sure, it made sure. sense to me. Um, yeah, and, and I stayed with him for um, about 18 months. Wow. And, and learned what I figured at the time was as much as he could teach me. Because I, I, lo I love that thing. Because I, I, I often say about that with, the, with my kids and stuff. When they, you know, if they wanted to go to university, great. Like if they want to be a doctor or a solicitor or go somewhere where they need to go to university, yeah. amazing. If, if they're not sure what they want to do, definitely go out and try different things. Travel or, 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 or just experience. Because I, I do believe things are changing now. I do believe more employers, and that you as an employer yourself, like more employers are not too worried about degrees, not too worried about A-levels. Uh, uh, no. I wouldn't believe. Are you a yeah. good person, good personality? Can you talk Absolutely. to people? And some of that side of it, you could go to Oxford or Cambridge come out without a personality potentially i think there's two types of people you know there's there's the the very academic people mm. and then the then then the, then then there's my scale down the <laughs> other end <laughs> and i think that the and i think that the world needs both i think yeah. from the very academic people i think that they i think and i'm going to be really sweeping here so forgive me yeah, yeah, yeah. i think maybe there's a slight lack of empathy at that top level and a slight lack of um, creativity at that level. Yeah. But we absolutely need that because that's what changes the world. Yeah, yeah, Elon yeah. Musk of the world, yeah, the sure. scientists, the doctors. There's a real, the, the, those real, real smart people who we mm. look at and just don't know how they do it. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a real, n there's an absolute need for that. But on the other end of the scale, with the people like ourselves, 
we have a lot of common sense mm. and we, we problem solve in a different way mm. and we don't we don't freeze. Mm. You know, if there if, if there is no solution, we're comfortable with that. Mm. We find a way of, of round that and getting round that. Where the the real strong academic people, it's very black and white. We mm. live in the grey area. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, live yeah, in the very black and white area. So I think I think you have to cater for all of that. I don't think you should send mm. one off to the other end and the other to the other end. I think you got to. That's why I said you got to know the the young person. Mm. Yeah, that's an, I love that. I love that. So we look. We see eighteen months with with this guy. What, yeah. What's What's next up? Because obviously, because you still started. Like obviously, Sega's been going for over thirty years yeah, now. So yeah. you obviously started it when I was twenty. Yeah. So, so you go from well, I went to him for sixteen when I till sixty yeah. for sort of eighteen months ish, something like that. And I learnt, in my mind, everything I could learn about that small piece of insurance, yeah. your personal stuff, yeah. motor, house, pet insurance, yeah. travel insurance, and all that. So then I decided, I needed to learn. The business side. He he yeah. employed one guy who was doing in business insurance. Everyone else was doing personal stuff, yeah. and I felt I learned it. I knew I knew everything about the personal side. I mean, ridiculous, <laughs> utterly <laughs> ridiculous. But in my mind at that age, I'd learned everything he could teach me. I've got this. I've got this. <laughs> I got this. Why are you Why are you looking over my shoulder? Yeah. Um, I wanted to do the commercial now because this guy was doing commercial, and it seemed like much more exciting, big stuff. And he wouldn't move me into there because he had someone. So I found a commercial brokerage and I went there yeah. and I did the same for a year. Um, and then, of course, I knew everything about commercial insurance, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, you know, I mean, you're so you're naive. Learner, mate. You're, you're so naive, aren't you, as a child? <laughs> I knew everything. And then I, there was someone in that business who was doing mortgages, investments and stuff. So I, I, they wouldn't move me across. So I then went over and I spent about seven or eight months with the company learning that. And at that point, I figured I knew it all. Why am I working for somebody? It made no sense to me. And what made no sense wasn't that I was working for someone, but it was more that I wanted to look right when everyone was looking left, mm -hmm. just to see what there was. And the owners of the company would say, no, no, we're going left. And everyone would go, well, then we go left. And I'd be like, can't we just, can't we have a look? Mm. Maybe there's something right. You know, and they'd be like, yeah, but there's a wall right. And I'd be like, so we'll climb it. I mean, I don't, it, it made no sense to me. And I and looking back now, running my own business, I I understand now why a business owner goes their way. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. back in those days, it, I I was very frustrated. So the only thing I could do was work for myself. So what I did, I went back to that first employer, and said to him that I'm going to set up on my own, and I'm obviously not going to be in competition to you. You're far too smart and big for me to to be difficult to make life difficult for you. But what I can do is if you can let me run my own business from your basement, whatever I earn, I'll give you a percentage of. Yeah. I'll use your agencies, because you used to have, to used to have, have agencies in those days with yeah. different insurance companies. If at the end of the year it hasn't worked, you keep all the business I've written, and I'll walk away, go and get a job, I'll work for you again. If at the end of the year it's worked, well then we'll carry on and I'll pay you a bit more. And that was it. And, and wow. it was... Yeah, but you know what? You say, wow, there was no pressure on me, was there? I still lived at home with my parents. Mm. You know, I was 20. I had no wife, no kids, no mortgage. It wasn't actually... The only hard bit was I had to go and do it on my own without any 
regular income. Yeah, there was no pressure on me with it as such, but, you know. But, but no, no uh, agreed about it. Maybe potentially the pressure side of it. I'm keen to hear what you dad thought about it when when you you, you spoke to him. But but there's still that there's still that confidence at 20 years old to have the confidence to go into the floor and go I'm, and present him with an idea saying I want to do it this way. Sure, I don't know. You you paint it as confidence. Maybe it was that. I don't know. I, I crazy self belief that I could do anything, even though I'd never proven that to myself. I don't know. I don't know. It was my dad in my ear. Maybe you asked what my dad thought of it. My dad turned around. Unlike most dads, possibly even me. I don't know. I th- I'd like to think I'd be like him. Instead of going, what are you doing? He went, well, what should we call your business? Really? I mean, that was his. That was it. And he came up with the, the name Seiko, which is the name of my company. When I was at school, not many, not everyone knows this. Very few. Yeah. People think it stands for South East Insurance Company. Yeah. It's nothing like that. My my nickname at school was Starry Eyes. I had these big <laughs> blue eyes. <laughs> so my dad said, "Call it Starry Eyes Insurance Company." So we wrote it down. It was S E I C O, and that's what that's Brilliant. what it stands for. Love but that, that was dad's that dad's line was that. And 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 interestingly, about couple of years after I'd been self-employed or a year, yeah, year and a half maybe dad's business partner dad was always worked for himself his he had a business partner who ran off with dad went on holiday came back and it was all gone the business mm. partner would run off with everything and my dad rather than sitting down and crying or what do I do now he looked at me and said to me teach me your business I'll come and work mm. for you for a bit how many how many men would say to their sons I'll work for you and how be be mm. Be brave enough, mm. and my dad had a mortgage, I lived there. Be brave enough and be trusting enough of your child. Mm. That's the sort of trust dad had in me, it was astonishing. That's why I think if I'm confident, it's because he made me confident. And dad worked with me, I taught I taught him the business, but really I, 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 I think I delved into his black book of contacts, mm. which, was, which was amazing. But dad worked with me for 10 years, opposite, sitting opposite me, and, Worked with me until he died, literally. And wow. it's, you know, um, amazing. Well, I mean, what a amazing thing for me to have my dad mm-hmm. opposite me. But it was a weird thing because it was, I taught him the business. But mm-hmm. that was the sort of confidence, that was the confidence he gave me. It's and it's very hard not to succeed, yeah. isn't it? When you've got somebody believing you in like that. And that's so powerful, just, I guess, just to listen to them and, and kids out there, like you said, even go back to school and stuff like that. that, that whether it's a parent or not, but some someone showing someone, that that yeah. self belief, yes. giving giving you that self belief, showing, opening those doors and saying, actually, you can achieve anything. Yeah. yeah. Rather than going, look, you're not the academic. You're not very good at this. This is your limitations. Yeah. Get a job. Actually, yeah. going, there are no limitations. Yeah. You can do whatever you want to do. And yeah. I, I, for me, isn't it? that is that is where if there's one thing that I want my kids to learn from me and, and Kelly and as they grow up in society is, to, is that, they, that there is no limitation. They can go and achieve anything if they, if they believe. Because I will 100% believe in them yeah. as long as they've got a yeah, yeah. in themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing gift. Yeah. Amazing gift. That's it. So, t- so, so t- tell me then a little bit about, like, you know, back then 30 years ago, start starting that business and running. Tell me about them early days of running it. What was what was that like? <laughs> Where did you start? You go, right, I'm going to start my own business. Oh, Bang, my God, I'm in course. the basement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, as you know, originally, when I first went self-employed, I was sitting at the end of my bed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, I moved into the basement after about a year, I guess, and, and, 
and uh, you know, he let me use his, 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 the guy let me use his agency, so I'll, I'll never uh, forget that. Um, just lovely, you know, he, again, he believed in me. Yeah, I mean, sure, and sure. Mate, I, mean I, I guess that's, that's been my story my whole life of people just believing in me, which is, I don't know why, but it's, a, it, it's very empowering. But I started off at the end of my bed. There was no internet in those days. Uh, the World Wide Web didn't exist. There was yeah. no emails. There was no nothing like that. Yeah. You know, you know, like we had yeah, yeah, fax yeah, yeah. machines if you <laughs> could afford one. So I, I had BT put a phone on in my bedroom. I bought this sort of fifty-pound black ash filing cabinet from MFI <laughs> next to my bed, and I sat on my bed with the yellow pages, and I just and I made I don't know how many thousands of phone calls and. Mm. It was literally high up, this is who I am, set up a business and I'm selling insurance. I, I had to, I, was, I pretended that I was working for a big company. I mean, Seiko as a name, it sounds like it's a big company. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it doesn't sure. sound like Starry Eyes Insurance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds yeah. like a big company. So I, I would pretend I was just one other person in this huge company. It was all a bit of theatre. Mm. And then, I, you know, eventually, I might, might make 100 phone calls and eventually somebody would say yes, my insurance is, is coming up for you and you'll come and meet me. I'd then go along and pretend I wasn't the guy on the call. Yeah, I've been given your number by our salespeople and I'd go along. I'd take the information. I'd then say, yeah, I'll take it back to the office to quote. But then I'd be back at my, my uh, bedroom and phoning around to try and get insurance companies to support me. And then, I, you know, I mean, it, the whole thing was theatre. Yeah, um, mate. love that. And then I, when I got my first client, that was the beginning of it all because... My first client, I knew would, would give me two clients because mm -hmm. I knew I'd, I'd do a good enough job and look after them enough that they would recommend me. And I would, wasn't scared of saying that. You know, could you recommend me to someone if you, if you think I've done a good job, you know, recommend that's me. And that's, that's the best business, a, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. That, but uh, again, that's back to one, that belief, knowing that you're going to deliver on something. I'll, this is what I'm, I'm proposing I'm going to do for you, and I'm going to deliver and give you a great sure, service. Course, and yeah. and you, you, you believe in that 100%. Yeah. And then the confidence to be able to go, and because I'm going to do such a great job, I'd really love it if you yeah. could recommend me. And because and It was just normal. It just felt mm. normal to me. I, you know, I, 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 I went there with the expectation I'll do the right job, I'll do a transparent job, I'll do an honest job, mm. and I'll work hard for you. Yeah. You know, um, and I did, and I did do that. And over, it took me probably, well, I, I took that basement office, which used to flood constantly. Then Dad joined me. Um, we'd be standing in our, in our wet shoes often. <laughs> I mean, it's seriously, I'm not joking. It's quite funny when I, when I think back. It got to the point after a, a few years, not many actually, a few years, where Seiko was bigger than the brokerage who I was working under. Wow. And... I had to make the decision. I was paying. I was paying him so much, and we most of his agencies were my business. So I had to take a decision. What do I do? So I um, I took a very difficult step. I went and saw my what was my largest customer, who I knew was very wealthy and invested in business. Mm. And I confessed to him that actually we're a very small company. There's just me and my dad. And you might have thought there was a lot of us, but there isn't. But I think with your help, I could get there. And I convinced him to invest in, in Seiko. And I'm going back now, blimey. I mean, how many years is that? 25 plus years. Yeah. And he put £100,000 into the company, which at the time was a, I mean, it was a fortune, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, a fortune. Of course, yeah. And, um, and uh, I messed it up big style. I'd never, he said to me, he came back to me and said, yeah, I um, don't mind investing, but you need to write a business plan. 
So off I went, I wrote a business plan, having never written a business plan. My dad had never written a business plan because my dad wasn't, my dad's job, he'd gone into his, his, his father's industry. He just kind of went into that. But he was self-employed. My dad was self-employed. He was a bookmaker on, oh, on, right, right, on okay. course, turf accountant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah, the sure, dogs sure. and at the at the races. That was my great-grandfather, my grandfather and my dad. That's what they all did. Oh, so right. dad had no experience in business as per se. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't. I mean, I'd been running Seiko, but you know, making it up on as I went along. So now I've got to write this business plan. So I wrote this, this business plan, showed it to, to this guy, and he just signed it off. I'm, I'm assuming... It, therefore, it's a good business plan because he's he's taken it. But of course, when I look back, he was investing in me. Yeah. Did he even open the business plan? I don't know. But it was an absolute crock of nonsense because <laughs> the business plan was all about moving out of this basement, which I had to do, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a given. Yeah, yeah. Taking an office, so I took an office that was too big. I needed to paint it, but of course, I painted it really well. I mean, all the stuff that doesn't bring in money. Yeah. And then I employed loads of staff with his money. And his, his £100,000 was all gone in about four months, all spent on the business. And I went back to him at that point and said, look, I need you to put some more money in now because I'm almost there, nearly, nearly, nearly made it, mm. which was actually, I thought was the truth. But again, looking back, it was a nonsense. Mm. Nearly, nearly made it. Um, and, um, and he said, no, I'm not going to put any more money in. I gave you, gave you your chance. And actually, I'm now taking all my business out of the UK. He was uh, moving to a, a tax haven. And he said, so I'm, I'm getting rid of all my businesses, so I need my £100,000 back now. And that was four months in? About, well, between four and six months in, yeah. Wow. And I, I sat there, and it was actually, it was abroad. I had to fly over to see him in Gibraltar. And, and I'm sitting in this room with this guy and a few of his advisors, and he said, no, 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 you've got this wrong. We're not giving you any more. You've got to give us our money back now. Um. And again, being naive, the contracts I'd signed yeah. gave him all the power. That's the truth. Yeah. He could do what he wanted. I, I didn't read the contracts because I was this young kid, excited yeah, about yeah, somebody yeah, putting yeah. money into the company. And I sat there and I said, and I, and I went from someone who was deferring to him. I'd gone there begging with my begging bowl for more money to all of a sudden this guy kind of attacking me. And what what happened to me on that moment was I reverted to my 16-year-old self of, well, sorry, who are you? How, why do you think I would want to be treated like that? Mm. And I turned the, completely turned the conversation around, and, and, and I was very much, so I would have been 21 at this point. I was very much, well, now, this isn't how it's working. You've actually got the problem, not me, because I owe you £100,000 in your mind, so you're about to lose £100,000. I haven't got it to give to you. So you've got a choice now. What you do is, don't give me any more money, that's fine. I will pay you back the £100,000 when I pay you back the £100,000. It may take me 50 years, but I'll pay you it back and I'll pay you interest. Mm -hmm. What you do is, you keep all your business with me and you refer as many clients as you can to me. Because if you want your £100,000 back, you better feed me. Give me all the business you've got. Anyone who needs insurance, you send them my way, and I will give you back every penny. If you don't, I'm going to close the business today, and you've lost it all. There's your decision. And I left, and I got on a plane flying home. I've got to say, I, I remember holding my head in my hands like that, going, what am I going to do? Because I've got staff I've got to pay now, and I've got no money, no bank overdraft, no cash. 
I had to when I landed. I had to lay staff off. I went back to just I kept dad, yeah. me, dad, and a couple of others. Um, scaled down the office. You know, you cut your cloth right yeah. accordingly. Uh, rented out the basement of my office, um, and he left me alone, and he referred me business. And it took me about five or six years. I paid him back a hundred thousand pounds and ten percent a year on top. Um, never missed a payment. I often didn't get paid over that yeah. period, but I, w I said, I'm paying you back, I'll pay you back. And that was a huge lesson for me. That was a huge, huge lesson for me. But, but you know, you know, 31 years in, I'm still learning lessons every day, you know. <laughs> but there's, there's some bits there, like, one, I guess, 21, having the balls to sit in that environment, I guess it's it's that situation. It's a flight of fight or flight, isn't it? You, yeah, you, you're yeah. you're back against all but twenty ones who have sitting around there with you know other people, advisors, and someone mm. you know probably you looked up to that type yeah, of money. Did, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was in all of them originally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But to actually then go, I've I've got a, I've got a, you know I've got a fight here to 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 keep the business, and to, this is the best way to do it to have the balls to because. How many people would fumble in that situation potentially and be yeah, like? Oh. I, I guess, but then, how many people have ever put in that position? And maybe yeah. if they're put in that position, they wouldn't fumble. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, it's I, a difficult. I, yeah, you, you know, only do I, what I you do at the time. You do what you do at the time. You know, it's very easy for me to look back and go, "Oh wow, how strong I was, or how brave I was, or all of that." Maybe I was just living. I was just getting through the day, and yeah. that was how that was how I survived. Yeah. And I think may maybe ninety eight percent of the world would. I don't know, yeah. but uh, it's not it's not as remarkable as it sounds. It's just you just gotta, you know, face what's in front of me. Yeah. You know, and I guess that's what like a lot of people listen and, and same with me. Like different parts of my journey and and the, and the business and you, you know, you, you're in that situation where you are looking around and you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Mm. You oh, juggling constantly. But yeah, and that's part of being a business person and entrepreneur, whatever that looks like. But yeah. it it's it's difficult, and sometimes it, uh, you tell me, like from a mindset point of view, was there ever those points where you just think, oh, I just do not need to chuck this in. I can't, I can't do this. Not, not once ever. Really. Um, I think that. I mean, the, the over the thirty-one years, no exaggeration to say, twenty-five out of thirty-one, I think I'm going to lose the business. You know, pa I mean, recently in the pandemic, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, who who didn't look at their business and go, oh my God, what am I going to do? Yeah. But over the, but you know, th you you know, you 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 get an account, you win an account, it's a big account, you grow your company on the back of that account, yeah. you lose that account for whatever reason. Not it's not very yeah. rarely something you've done. Yeah. Actually, it's market forces, it's changes of people who run in that company for whatever reason. Uh, and there may be sometimes you, it is your fault. Who knows? Mm. But all of a sudden you've lost that, but you've, your business is now based on that income. Mm. So what do you do? Let people go again, scale down again. There's so many times when I could have lost the business. And I think I'm, this is just me, I'm best when I'm in a corner. When I'm mm. backed into a corner, I get creative and I go to work. Like when that guy did that to me. And it's happened many times for me when I thought I've gone from, comfortable and maybe being a bit lazy mm. because of it to under immense pressure pressure which would crack a diamond <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you don't know what to do and you go well i either fall 
give up or I get creative. Creative is just the default. What do I do, what do, I do now? You know, okay. And I get very much, and it's weird, and I'd, I don't ever want problems, and I don't go looking for them, but mm. that's when I get excited. <laughs> mm. You know, it's really weird. That's yeah. when I kind of go, oh, no, what am I going to do? And I'll hold my head and I'll cry because I'm human, mm. but I don't cry for long. It might be minutes, not mm. days. And at the end of it, I'm like, okay, I've got a job to do. What do I do? And I get, I kind of get a bit excited at that point. Roll your sleeves up. Roll my sleeves up and get into it, yeah. I'll tell you what I find fascinating about it, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what, what one thing I've learned from doing the podcast so much is about the enjoying the journey, not not enjoying the process, being involved in it and, and trying to enjoy each day and even those tough times when it's tough, still trying to enjoy the journey, not, not going... You know, there's that destination there. When I'll get to that point, and I've, yeah. you know, I've earned a million, or I've done this amount in the business, or I've got it to that stage. That's when I'm going to be okay. That's when things are going to be okay. And you then happiness or fulfilment or whatever that looks like comes then. But trying to enjoy that, that journey <laughs> and listening to you talk as tough as all those times have been over the periods. You enjoy that journey. You know, it's really interesting, isn't it? So, um, having just finished uh, a big 12-month <laughs> challenge, <laughs> I find myself back where I started again. You know, it's all about, it's so corny, isn't it? And we hear this too much. Mm. But it's all about the journey. Mm. I mean, it's all about the It's never about the destination. The, I, like I say, I enjoy being under pressure. Mm. Um, I can handle a lot of pressure, so I enjoy, I enjoy that. That's when I'm creative. Um, I love a blank page. As I said, I love jumping mm. off the cliff and wondering what I'm going to land on. That's what gets me up. That's what excites me. Um, do I love the the times when you crash and there's nothing to land on but hard rock? No. Who likes that? Mm. Um, do I like failing? If that's if that's a thing, I don't necessarily think failing exists, mm. but not achieving what I plan to achieve. No. I get to the end of whatever it is. I mean, I'm still in the, I'm not at the end of my business life. I certainly mm. hope not. But my challenges, as an example, when I did the challenge, when yeah. I've done this challenge, whatever it might be. And it's interesting. I always get to the end of it. And Sharon, my most supportive person in my life, mm. my wife, I mean, she gets me. Yeah. I think probably one of only two people in the world who get <laughs> me. She, um, she said to me when I finished this challenge, Obviously, I'm there, whatever you need, but I'm going to try and avoid you for a few weeks because you're going to be an absolute nightmare. Because what happens is I get to the end of whatever it is I'm going to try to achieve, and mm. I'm not satisfied. I'm not fulfilled in any respect, which sounds really selfish because I've got so much in my life. Mm. And I've been walking around for the last week lost and, and not knowing what I'm going to do next and feeling that what I've just done isn't an achievement because if I did it, anyone could do it, literally. You know, the fact that I started out and got there, I, I mean, I'm absolutely nothing special, so anyone can do it, so that wasn't really a challenge. Um, so that's where I am now, and, 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 and until I find something to sink my teeth into on that part of my life, that, that sporty part, or whatever it is, challenge part of my life, I know I'm, I'm gonna be a nightmare to be around. And, and you know, business is, business is the same. Over the years, over the 31 years so far, I've gone from sitting on the end of the bed to 100 staff to selling part of the business to 
losing the almost losing the business numerous times i've now got you know again i've I'm, I'm, i've got an office over in south africa the other end of the world how random is that <laughs> you know I how mean, did that come about well, i'll tell you about, i'll yeah. tell you about that yeah. Yeah. but but yeah so all of these all all of these things going on yeah i still have this feeling that i'm making i'm getting away with it and this imposter syndrome i guess they is the yeah. name they give it um and i and i never get this Satis- satisfaction that I've achieved anything. I mean, I get to the end of every year with a, like a, ha- I look at, w- and I'm such a positive person. It's a, mm. it's a, it's a, it's really weird. But I get to the end of the year going, not what have I achieved, but what haven't I achieved? Yet in between all that, answering your question, I enjoy every moment of it. Mm. So it's the journey, isn't it? Mm. You sh- having an end result isn't means nothing. That end result isn't the point of it <laughs> at all. <Yeah. laughs> I, I get that. I get, I get. It's something. It's just, so for me, there's something I want to delve into a bit there, like because I, I think we're very simple. We're very much like you know, like to be busy, like lots yeah. of things going on, like to juggle plates or work spin plates, whatever that l- looks like. And, but I, I, I sometimes check in with myself when I'm trying to go. What, why, why am I doing all these things? Is yeah, there? Absolutely. Am I? Is there, am I searching for something? Yeah, yeah. What, what is it? What that's is it? it I'm searching it. for. That's Where it. is that? Yeah. Will, will I ever feel? Yeah. Will I ever Does feel fulfilled? Yeah. Like, do you feel like that? Like, is all, that ev- all the time? Now I look at I look at what's successful. Mm. Again, let's choose that word. Yeah, yeah. Difficult word because mm. we all measure success differently. Mm-hmm. I I when I look at what's successful in my life, it starts with three: Asha, Mia, and Jesse. Yeah. My three children. Yeah. That's success. Full stop. The end. And I'll accept that as success. They're the most wonderful children. I just, they're yeah. they're everything. Then I look at the fact that I've got Sharon as my wife, and I still don't know. I mean, talk about batting above your strength. I don't know how I how <laughs> I pulled that one off. She's just the most incredible, incredible girl. So if I look at success, I I, I would instantly go to my family. Beyond that, I don't see that I've been successful in anything. Yeah, okay, my business is 31 years on, but I had to get a job, right? I mean, nobody would employ me. I'm not employable, so what do you do? I work for myself. Is that successful? No, that's just me getting up on Monday (laughs) and getting on with the day. You know, I I took, you know, I took on the the, the, the charity which we set up, which Mm. I'm sure we'll talk Mm. about. Again, I did that to fulfill a need for me. It wasn't, I don't, and I don't see that as necessarily successful. It was just something I had to do. It was a had to do. This triathlon challenge, the the um, the channel swim, writing the books, whatever the stuff, the musicals, whatever I've done, it's always been about something is missing in my life. I need to fill that gap. And then completing it, I don't feel that I filled that gap. So and, where and do you ever get then to, when do you feel that you'll ever get to? I'm not sure I will, and, I, and, I, and 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 there was a part, there was a time in my life where that was really important, mm. and it really mattered. I'd get, you know, New Year's Eve. I'm like, the, I'm the Grinch at New Year's Eve. You know, I might put on a brave face, but everyone's celebrating. Oh, the year we got through the year. I'm just going, uh, but look what I didn't get done. Not in a negative way. It sounds negative because mm. I'm not. But w- look what I didn't get done, and I and I I can't wait to, for January the first or the second to start. Just so I can give it a go, th- uh, give it another go, and try and get it right this year. Try and find that thing. 
But I think what I've come to realise is that it doesn't matter that, that I don't that I don't think I'll ever find that. Mm. I think it's that that thing that's missing is what enforces or enables me to then take on a challenge and go on a new journey. And I think if I got that, if I felt fulfilled, whilst there's a part of me which it sounds very, it sounds really nice to think I, I, I'm done now, that's fulfilling, I can relax and sleep in for a change and mm. I don't have to, have to juggle all these balls. You, It's the journey, as I said, which is what gets me out of bed in the morning. Mm. Why am I on these journeys? It's because I don't get fulfilled. So... I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I don't think. I'm not sure I'll ever find it or ever should. <laughs> but, a but again, a couple of things. So one, the measure of success is fascinating because I, I often, again, I, I talk about it. And, and for me, changing that narrative for me, like for me, the narrative out there still, especially when it comes to business, is generally based around a financial gain. You yeah. look at someone who's successful because they yeah. run a business for X amount of years because they have they've more run staff a than us, bigger yeah. premises yeah. than us, bigger cars than us. Bigger turnover than us, bigger profit than us. And, th and that Therefore, that's, that's, they're more that's successful. That's more successful. Yeah. But then the people I've had on here, like, you know, Kevin Burns, 100 million, he sold Checker Trade for that type yeah. of thing. You talk to them, but like the, the lack of fulfillment or yeah. euphoria at yeah. the end of that journey when you sell all that and you haven't got anything, yeah. no purpose. I guess listening to you, is it the, the what gives you purpose is them challenges in that journey. That's where your purpose lies. That's where you feel... Yeah, you but feel I fulfilled during those yeah, things. Yeah, but, but it's really weird, isn't it? It's really weird because I don't think you choose to go on a journey either. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I it, you know, with the business, and when I've opened up the other offices or moved into different territories or, or, or changed what we do, which I've done numerous times, mm. I've never gone, I need a new journey. Uh, that I will start a journey by doing this. Mm. It's never been that thought out. It's always been really reactionary. I've been in a position that's needed me to do to yeah. do that in the business. In terms of success, some of the most least successful people are the ones who have built the biggest. Yeah. In in my experience, yeah. and they're the ones who end up in with counselling, and they're yeah. the ones who end up being very very sad and miserable because they're chasing numbers mm. constantly, and it's never enough. I've never been successful enough to chase numbers. Um, I've never had enough money <laughs> to, it, uh, you know, I, I'm literally getting through Mondays. Mm. Um, I think success, if I'm going to say success in business, if I'm going to give myself a definition of, a, of am I successful in business, I think, I think if my success would be how I've looked after people, have I been honest mm. and done my best for them, do they want to keep coming back and working with us year after year? And we've still got the same businesses, children of the children, yeah. coming back to us 31 years on. I think the fact that I've lasted 30 plus years, that's success. I don't think, look, if I, if I lined up 30 years of accounts, I'd go successful year, unsuccessful year. Mm. I'd say every year successful just because I'm still there. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think... It's. I don't think it's. I mean, we've had better years and worse years in terms of financials, but it, that's never somehow either even affected how I've lived. Mm. I've always still lived like I've done well. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've always, we've always we've always enjoyed ourselves, mm. and sometimes we've enjoyed ourselves in a big car, and sometimes we've just enjoyed ourselves in, with no car. Mm. Sometimes we've been in a big house, sometimes we've been in no house. But 
what's not changed is the enjoyment level. We've laughed. Sharon and I have laughed throughout that. Um, my dad, my dad used to say to me, it was his thing. You know, when you when you look at somebody and you'd go, "Wow," he always used to say to me, "If you get yourself a black sack and you put all your problems in that black sack and you tie it up tight and you put it on your doorstep, and everyone does the same thing, which black sack would you pick up? Can't see what's in there." Are you going to walk along the biggest road and pick one of their sacks up, or are you going to pick? Ultimately, all of us will pick up our own black sack because mm. we know what's in there. Because mm. you just don't know. You think someone's successful, you don't know what's mm. going on in their life. Do you mm. want to inherit their problems? Really? Mm. You don't know what they are. Kind of puts a perspective on where you are. And I think success is getting up Monday morning, being a good person, doing your best, which will change. Mm. If you get up with a cold, it may not be as you may not be as strong as when you get up without a cold, mm. but you still do your best. And I think if you get up on Monday morning, and you, you, you by Sunday, you've done the week, you've been as good as you can be, you've been as nice as you can be, you've smiled as much as you can be, and Monday morning comes again, and you've still got that job to go to, mm. or that business is still there. I think that's, I think that's probably from a business point of view, success. Whether you've made a million. Or you've lost a million. I don't think really matters. I, I, you know what? It's so refreshing actually to hear it as well because you do like there is there's all these different narratives out there. Like, like I said, I've learned, I've tried to learn so much from doing these podcasts, but speaking to people. But uh, and and uh, like I said, I constantly almost at a conflict with myself sometimes because I'm, I've been that person chasing, chasing. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to try and get them. Yeah. Didn't know where I was trying to get to, and then you know. Coming up to 40, I had a bit of a wobble, and I was like, oh, I've not achieved anything. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you go, actually, like you said, that definition of success, what I've changed is that I was surrounded by just amazing people who yeah. I love and who yeah. love me. Yeah. I'm confident they love me. I know that I love them. I'm not just talking about family, and, you know, I've got an amazing family, a great relationship with mum and dad and brother and friends and people in the business community. Do you know what I mean? I'm surrounded by all these people. Yeah. That And I was like, if my, my life was... If I died tomorrow, my life was measured on how many people I've experienced loving all yeah. these forms, then I'll, I'd probably be measured as quite a successful person. Yeah. And that yeah. sat quite nicely with yeah. me. And I was like, okay. Doesn't mean I'm not still ambitious and I still want to do I lots of things. I don't think anyone on their deathbed, I've never been there, I can't imagine anyone on their deathbed would go, I wish I'd worked another day longer. I mm. wish I'd earned another pound more. Yeah. Sure, sure. I just don't. I think anyone would go. I wish I'd spent more time with so and so. I wish I'd. I'd wish I'd gone and seen this. I wish I'd gone and experienced that. Is is, is your like mindset? Because it seems like you're you've always sort of listened to your story. You've always sort of been like that. But did uh, uh, did, did it change at all? Like, obviously, talk about losing your your dad sort of sixteen years ago. Did that? that change when your your dad died or would you always sort of like that and that just enhanced your mindset? Oh no, I think I, I don't think I've changed. I okay. think I've always been as ridiculous and stubborn <laughs> and as blind as I've from the day I was born to now. Mm. I think what losing dad had a, a profound effect on me but that was losing that person on my shoulder mm. telling me yeah. you have my permission. You can do yeah, anything you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I went from that to everybody just assuming I was the strong one. Yeah. You know, I, I already had that position of looking after all this, these people or doing these things and mm. 
being the one that people went to, I was like, I'm, and it's always been like that. It's my number they call first. Yeah. And even when Dad was alive, that was that was that was my position, and that was fine. We, having Dad there kind of gave me that permission to do that. Losing him, I, I, I was on my own with that, and I had to mm. do it. And everyone just assumed it was okay. That that was a tough time. That mm. was very tough. But I don't think losing him changed or enhanced. Well, my you've always been. That's what's I lovely think to you. I, I think I am what I am. Yeah, I think yeah, I, yeah. I was born that way, yeah. yeah. Good or bad, and, and, and probably a mixture of both. I but I, I think that was just, yeah. I love it. And the other refreshing thing just to listen to you talking about as well is actually, I mean, uh, because, because, like I said, I, I've conflict sometimes. You go, oh, am I, am I searching for something? Why do I yeah, keep yeah. wanting to... I look at life as an opportunity, similar to yeah. I think how, how you do, and you go and you, I'm open to them opportunities. So you wake up every day and you think to yourself, "Oh, that you know." By being open, you go. Someone, I'm a yes man. Someone said, "Do you want to do that?" Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd yeah, be a good yeah. idea. Figure out how I'll yeah. do that later, yeah. and that by that it creates opportunities, and experiences, yeah. and you go through it. And I go, "Oh, why do I keep doing that? Do I, do I need to be more like no? I can't do that, or I don't want to do that because I I, I don't want to spread myself too thin, or I don't want to have these experiences, but." Am I? Uh, is it just okay to accept about myself? And I guess what I'm asking you the question really for you. Like, is it that you accept actually who I am as a person is the one that wants to keep doing these things and not necessarily searching, but that is where my happiness. Yeah, it's I yeah. I think that I think that we have to strive to be better all the time. Mm. I don't think I've ever gone. I'm a. That's how I am. Take me or leave me. I, I, absolutely no, no. not. I no. mean. I've been I've been on if I look at me as a as a person from my teens to now yeah, yeah. I am not the same person in how I react to others. Mm. I mean that's my my biggest growth in is how I see other people yeah, yeah, not yeah. how I see myself and how I have to constantly work constantly work on how I react to other people. Mm. Um so I think I I think you definitely have to change and grow. Mm. But that that part of you that just accepting that I haven't found and probably never will find what I need. I think it's important. It, I think it's important because we can't. I don't. I think that that's a fundamental part of our strain DNA, of our DNA. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But maybe actually, what you and I both have is that is our thing. Yeah. Maybe our, maybe we have found our thing, yeah. and our thing is that we need to experience more things. <laughs> maybe that's our thing. You know, it yeah. isn't a. It's you know I need I need to build that or I need to write that or yeah. I need to cross that line. Maybe that's somebody else's thing. Yeah. Maybe our thing is that it's not about coming first. Yeah. It's not about crossing the finish line first, which probably you and I never will do. We <laughs> swam together. <laughs> Neither of us are ever going <laughs> to cross that finish line first, are we? No. But we're always going to finish it. Yeah. Maybe that's our maybe that's our journey. Maybe that is it. Yeah. So maybe we have found it. Yeah. You know, um, and it's that. that. I love that. Well, okay. I well, don't look, know. No, it's no, <laughs> uh, fascinating. Mm. Fascinating. So, well, look, talk, I, I know you, after about 20 odd years, you, you took, mentioned about just really, because you, you said there about selling part of the business yeah. as well. What what led you to that point? Oh, Obviously. great, great. So I, I've always been, that was a really, it's a, it's a great moment, a great yeah, phone yeah. call. It was all a phone call. Yeah. I've always been one who never shied away from a fight. Figuratively or physically or anything, yeah. never gone looking for one. Never wanted one, yeah. but I've always been the sort of person where if somebody, if I think somebody is looking for me, I'll go out and I'll knock on their door. Yeah. 
and go, here I am. Let, let's deal with this now. I, mm. I don't want confrontation, but I think it's. An, I think confrontation's a good thing mm. if done correctly. And I think yeah. you should always, I think, I teach my children, don't hide away. Mm. You, can't, you can never run away from anything. It's yeah. always going to follow you wherever you go. Yeah. So in business, I'm always happy to take on a fine, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I've got a big bit of business. Another broker is quoting against it. I say, crack on. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. I'll do my best. You do your best. I'm going to win this, by the way. <laughs> and that's, that's my attitude, and that's how it is. <laughs> and and that's, you know, that's how you build a business, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Equally, however, you've got to be sensible and know when you're beaten. Mm. So I've built up the insurance business you know, over sort of 20 odd years at this point. And uh, over the years, over the l- sort of five, six years previously to selling that part of the business, mm. you all of a sudden you had all your aggregators on, on the TV, go compare, yeah, compare yeah. the market, money supermarket, confused, all these companies. Every bank is selling insurances. I mean, you could, you could walk down the high street, buy a sausage roll, buy a newspaper, buy an insurance policy. <laughs> I mean, literally. So our margins were dropping significantly. Mm. We were going from an average of 17% on a car insurance policy to 4%. Mm. 22% on a household policy to 5%. But my expenses weren't going down. Mm. So we were having to do six times the business to stand still. And I got this phone call from this guy out the blue, and he was... He, he ran a top 50 brokerage in the country, yeah. which is when there are thousands, top 50 is big. Mm-hmm. And he phoned me up and he said, uh, I want to, we're based mostly in Kent and the other side of the south. We're not nowhere near Brighton anywhere. I want to open up an office in Brighton. I think it's a growing market. I've looked at all the brokerages in Brighton. Yours is one of the most established, not the largest, but one of the most established, one of the most loyal customer bases. Yours is the customer base I want. So, I'm going to move into your area. I'm just warning you, and I'm going to steal all your business. The alternative is, is you sell it to me. Um, and he didn't say it aggressively. I mean, there was no aggression in it. Mm. It was a very matter of fact and a very courteous phone call. Mm. And I sat there j- listening to that, and I thought, yeah, actually, you're, you're so big that if you come and attack my business specifically, I've got no hope mm. of... of I'll be all my energy will be on defense. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there's only one way that's going to go. Yeah. So I said to him, All right, sounds like a good deal. So I said, What we need to do is two things. You need to give me a number that's going to excite me enough, mm-hmm. and um, you need to do it all on one A4. If you give me a, a contract, I will not sign it because I'm not smart enough to read all the big words you're going to put in. So you give me a one-page contract that explains exactly what you want with a number that I understand it has to be realistic, mm-hmm. but it's going to excite me enough and gives me an opportunity of doing something. For instance, you know, my mum, my my, when my dad died, my mum didn't have a house. Mm-hmm. I had to buy my mum a house, uh, and, and there was a mortgage on it. I wanted to pay that off. Yeah. And I want there was stuff I needed I needed to do if I didn't have a business bringing in income, and I had to have enough money left over to to start a business as such. Although right. he didn't offer to buy my business, it was that book of business. So I, had, I, yeah, I knew yeah. I'd have all my permissions and stuff to still work, yeah, sure. but it couldn't be in insurance. Mm-hmm. I had to look at something else in that industry. So he said, "Fine." He said, "Let's meet up." So I met. I drove up to Kent and we met for coffee, and we got on well. We chatted and we, and I thought, nice guy. Yeah. 
not how I would necessarily do things, but mm. what, what do I know? He's bigger than me. He's got to be smarter than me. <laughs> and um, we sat down during that coffee and we wrote down both our bullet points. I then typed it all up, sent it to him. My lawyer and my accountant said, do not do this. You can't do this on a single bit of paper. His lawyer said the same. We signed the paper. He gave me the money. Part of it was I had to join his board for a year. Mm. Matt, it was a bit longer than that, to integrate the businesses. And, and he was also growing his business. I knew with a view to selling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't common knowledge, but I, you know, it was quite obvious what he was doing. Um, and I and, and I lasted with him. He gave me a, a decent income to, to just go to a board meeting every month. And I made uh, three board meetings at the end mm. before I said, I can't do this. You're sucking the life out of me. Because mm. I was, it, I was yeah, sitting yeah. on a board. Ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, listening yeah. to somebody running his business and getting so frustrated because I could see all the things he was doing wrong. Yeah, and yeah, I had yeah, to yeah. put them right and he wouldn't listen to me. Um, um, so I didn't last the year. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, that's what happened, uh, and and wow. I then so it was a it was a very simple decision actually, yeah, yeah. not to fight because again, like I say, I'll take on the fights I know I'm going to win, but yeah. you know the ones you're not going to, and that was it. So I, you know, I then turned Seiko from an insurance business into a mortgage business because my permissions allowed it, yeah. and I and I'd done mortgages in the past, so I just thought I'll set up some agencies with the lenders and I'll do that. Um, I mean, we're now, that was 10 years ago, so we've got offices in Brighton, London, and mm. I've got, you know, a couple of dozen brokers now and admin. It's a proper business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've now gone back into the insurance world, but overseas. But it, was, it wasn't a hard decision. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was a sensible decision, I think. I think, like you say, with anything in life and business, trying to box a bit clever, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And if it is sometimes knowing, actually... That's the best path for me. But yeah. w was there that sense of uh, getting a financial amount like that to now I can well, I can look after that I can pay yeah. that off and then start again? Was that was that a moment where you sort of a relief or uh, no absolute opposite? You know really? what happened was so I, I took the money and and I paid off the mortgages yeah. and put some away for kids education yeah, and yeah, yeah. and stuff and all of a sudden the money was gone. Um, but because uh, yeah. that's how yeah. I am, money yeah. doesn't last with me ever. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm like I'm literally like water with money; it flows, <laughs> yeah. which I think actually it should do. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think can't I can't take it with us. Can't we? take it with us. It should come in and go out. You shouldn't yeah. keep it. What's the point of it? But uh, but I'm not good keeping money. It does flow out. Yeah. But I found a, I f I suffered a a uh, a form of loss when I sold that part of the business because we went from over what, ninety plus staff down to sort of three of us in the mortgage business. And I found this. I, I had this sense of loss, like mourning. Yeah. Like, what do I? What? What's my? What's my life about? What's the point of it? Yeah. Um, much as we keep saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. all this stress I had went away, which was a wonderful thing because that too many staff. I didn't want that anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big business, all those staff. I didn't want it. So it was a blessing that it went, and and I had money for the first time in the bank. Yeah. And all of this stuff. Yeah, I had this proper sense of, of bereavement. It's probably yeah, the best yeah. word. I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, so I had to then build up the, the mortgage business to to satisfy this need in myself. Mm. What I could have done, I could have taken the money and scaled down my life enough that mm. I could have just sat back and just done an easy job. But, but what would that journey you're, you're, look you're, like? You're never going to be a man no, that what, sits what, back. What would that journey look like? You know, yeah, I mean... 
I, I, I love, and again, like it's the theme of the whole conversation and going back to the stuff is exactly that about that and that like you say cliche or not whatever it looks like but it's it is that journey and that mm. point and we've got to have a purpose haven't we? we've got to have yeah. things and the amount of people i've spoke to that for whatever that financial windfall whether it, it, it be a million a hundred million billion whatever whatever those figures are but a, a financial amount of money that you sit down and you go okay what now? If there, if there is no purpose, you haven't got a drive and a, a and a purpose, then what what, what have we got in what life? Got? Yeah, yeah, yeah there's nothing. And you go, oh, it's amazing to hear this. Well, look, I get talking about purpose. I guess it leads on to talk talk to me about that period and talk to me about starting the charity. Where, yeah. where does that come? How does that fit in? Where did that come about? What you know? Well, okay. So I so I was building up the business. Yeah. And uh, and. Um, my dad became unwell. Yeah. Uh, it was can bowel cancer, and he was he was young. He was so at the time he got it originally. I think he was like fifty six or fifty seven. Mm. And um, you take your mind off the you take your eye off the ball at work mm. because dad was the most important thing. I always talk about dad and not mum. I don't mum mum's still with us, and mm. I love I love her as much as I do him. Yeah. I'm focusing on him because. He was yeah, that part yeah. of my journey. I don't want to, you know, she because she's <laughs> so amazing as yeah, well. And yeah. I, I could do a whole podcast just of my mum, if I'm honest. Yeah, but, yeah. but um, you know, I took my eye off, my eye off the ball. I was, I couldn't understand. I couldn't believe Dad was going to die. I mean, there was mm. that that was never going to happen ever. Um, but he was unwell, and 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 unless I took my mind off the, off off the business, and we had a couple of years of him being really unwell, and then we had the all clear. Of course, mm. he had. Uh, had the operations, he'd had the chemo and so on and so forth. And you know, I, I hired the, the golf club up on up on the downs and we people flew in from around the world and we did this celebration which he didn't expect of it's all clear and then mm. of course six months later he's dead. Um <laughs> but you know, this is such his life, right? So um yeah. please we did the party, by the way. Yeah, 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 so yeah, sure. um so um <laughs> anyway, after we lost dad, uh, the my mum was in bits she mm. they'd been married for for 40 years and mm. and uh, we were a partnership and 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 uh he was just turned 61 at this point or literally just mm. and um he uh, yeah i then looked at mum and she needed looking after they had the family her home and dad's house they had a big mortgage on it mm -hmm. and zero income mm -hmm. coming in of course so mm. that what do we do with that um and where did she live i, I knew she wouldn't stay in the family house i mean i knew that because mm. I think you either bed in or you have to leave. Yeah, 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 so yeah, she sure. moved. She moved in with Sharon and I for a year. So I had to look after that. My sister, again, um, just the way our family is is reliant on my business as well. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying I give that give it give it to her. She works her socks off, bless yeah, her yeah. heart. But it is reliant on what I do, her yeah. income, um, and my family. Of course, again, my wife is a real grafter, but it's my income that covers everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, money was an issue. You know, money was the issue mm. now. It was no longer, forget journeys, we've got to survive. You know, my dad isn't there. Yeah. And and again, it's weird because it wasn't that he ever brought the money in in those years. It was our business or my business. But having him there and concentrating on growing the business yeah, is what yeah, I was yeah. always doing. All of a sudden, I've had now probably three years of not working the business, therefore not delivering. But we are losing clients by the bucket full, clients yeah. who are used to me being around. So and and then we're you know and I don't this was a new business I was trying to build up of course yeah, you know yeah, yeah. so it didn't I hadn't given it the, the time it needed and we were losing business and 
and I, and I had all this money going out, um, and I had to find somewhere for my mum to live and still keep that going. And we at this point we had our first child, Asha, who was only six months old. Mm. Um, all of this stuff going on, and so I, I went to the bank and I convinced them to give me a twenty thousand pound bank loan. Um, which again doesn't sound like a lot, but when you've got nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah. a fortune. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a fortune. This is six again, what, 16 years ago now. Yeah. So the business is 15, 16 years old at this point, 15 years old. And um, I, I, uh, my plan was, again, not, write, not good at writing business plans, it was mm. the wrong business plan I wrote, yeah. was buy new desks, they're all falling down. Upgrade the computers because they're all a bit slow and clunky. Mm. Paint the office. All the stuff to avoid doing what I had to do. Yeah. You know, all the red herrings. Yeah, let, yeah, let's yeah, sort yeah, them yeah. out. So I borrowed this £20,000 and I was sitting on, on my desk and I was sort of working out where, the, where to put this money, what computers to buy and all this. And my secretary buzzed me up and said, there's a guy come to see you. And I was like, I'm, like, I'm far too important. I've got no one in my diary. I've got to spend this money and yeah. send send him away, whoever he is. You know, terrible attitude. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I was suffering. Just lost yeah, my dad yeah, literally a week before, and well, but still, yeah. hardly generous of me. Anyway, so she said that's fine. He said he'll come back. He he knew your dad. He was just wanted to stop and give his condolences. So then you feel like a right idiot. And I was yeah. like, oh my god, you know, god, send the man up, of course. Yeah. Really felt embarrassed by my behaviour. So he comes up. He's, he would have been in this guy. I don't know how old he was, but I'm going to guess early 70s. Mm. He'd just heard about Dad dying. He'd been out the, the city for a while, and he'd just heard about... He'd come back, just heard Dad had died. And then he literally cried his eyes out. Wow. And, and, and I was comforting him on his loss. And I said to him, as he was leaving, I was furious, because you haven't told me anything about you. Mm. you all you've told me is about how wonderful my dad was, which is lovely to hear, but... Dad was my best friend, and I don't know who you are. So, how does that work? You know what? Yeah. You, the re his reaction was that strong. I need you to understand mm. the connection. And Dad said he was my window cleaner. He said, "Sorry, he said I was your dad's window cleaner." So anyway, he went on his way, and I, I spoke to Sharon, and I said, "You know, do we have a window cleaner?" I said, "What's his name?" She said, oh, "Do we use a window cleaner?" And I sat there, and it was one of those moments, I, I when you kind of check yourself. And mm. I thought, now I get dad. Now I really get dad. And I didn't before this. He made the window cleaner feel like the king. You know? And I didn't mm. even know I had a window cleaner. And I felt, again, embarrassed by that. Mm. And it was a massive change in my life. I mean, that, that change put on, a, on a how I treat people now compared to how I did. Yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> wow. you know. And, and I sat there. I went back to work. And I sat there looking at this money. And I thought, you know what? What did dad teach me? Dad taught me, if I need, if I've got an issue and I need to solve the issue, go solve it. Mm. Don't hide behind it. So if I need to save my business, I need to go out there and sell mortgages. And I need to sell insurance. And I need to go back and do what I did when I started the business. Mm. Desks and computers and painted walls, all a red herring. So I thought the only way I can do that comfortably is if I, if I didn't have this bank loan. If I'm back in the corner now and I'm stuck there and I've got to fight, I can't do it with 20 grand cash in the bank. I've never mm. had cash in the bank. Yeah. I've got to get rid of it. So I've got two choices. I give it back to the bank and say I don't want it, but I'm never going to do that. That's just crazy, right? Um, so therefore, I've got to give it away. 
So I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this this 20 grand away in my dad's name. As if dad's left us yeah. an inheritance. Yeah. I didn't tell Sharon about the bank loan. Um, and I, or my sister, or my brother-in-law. So I had them over for, my brother-in-law sister over for dinner. Mm. And I sat down and I said, well, I've got this £20,000 from dad. Because if I told, told them, they all would have gone... That's ridiculous. You're not giving away a bank loan. You've got to pay yeah. it back, and which I obviously I, ha I would have to do. And I definitely wasn't going to tell the bank. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I pretended I pretended it was an inheritance, and I and we gave it away. We spent about a year giving this money away, with no real. When I say no thought, there was no plan. Hmm. But the thought process was do it in Dad's name, find individual young people in the city or projects in the city or attached to the city hmm. that need some money. And let's say Edward Starr left this, it's for you. And that, so, so I opened up the Argus on, on the first, first day of that thought. Yeah. And there was a small article about this girl, Michelle Partlett, who was opening up her, or was trying to open up a school in Tanzania. And she'd lost the final bit of the funding. I didn't know what her journey was to get there. Yeah. It didn't matter to me. There's a girl in Brighton who was trying to open up a school in a deprived part of the world. Yeah. And she was a couple of thousand short. But that was enough for it not to open. And the Argus just ran it. It wasn't a begging story. It was just, this has happened, and this poor girl. So I contacted the Argus, put me, excuse me, put me in touch with her. And I said, phoned her up, and I said, don't know me, but my dad's left the money. He, wants to, he would have wanted you to have the £2,000. So she came and collected it. The school opened, and within a couple of months, there's my Edward Starr, his name is blazoned across this wall on this wow. school in Tanzania. Wow. But with that, that's what we <coughs> did. We literally, all of us, were scouring around who we can help. And then my sister, who's incredibly creative, turned around and said, while we're doing this, why don't we see if we can add some money to that? We'll, we'll hold a barn dance. We'll celebrate what we've done mm. and see if we'll give some more money away. Okay. You know, I know I didn't, it wasn't my desire to get more money to give away, but we can do that. It'll be fun. And then other people were doing, seeing what we were doing, were doing stuff for us. The people were running marathons for us, doing long bike rides for us. But there was no us. Yeah. They thought there was. Yeah. You know, they, they thought we, we were building this charity, but there was no desire, no need, no plan to. I was doing it to make me feel better, yeah. having lost my dad. I was doing it so I had that fear, so I could go back to work. Interestingly, of course, karma being what it is, six months or so after I start, we started giving the money away, I landed at the time what was my biggest contract at work, right. which transformed the, country, the company completely. Um, and all of a sudden... I could do the desks and the computers and take on the new staff, and we had a future ahead of us. Um, I said, karma's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, and so I said to my sister, well, look, you, you're not working. You could do with an income. And her fr Tracy's friend, Rosie, said, I wouldn't mind helping out. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I'll, as Seiko, we've got some money coming in now. Again, rather than building up a pot of money, for me, the <laughs> obvious thing was to give it away. <laughs> you know, crazy, isn't it? That's just my thought process. It's very weird. So I said, well, I'll pay you a salary let's set up a charity let's do some events let's let's see what happens and so there was there was no business plan no desire it was just a back of a bad packet list yeah it soon. was just a circumstances dad got ill dad died the business going under borrowed the money mm. you know the window cleaner turning up it was yeah, all just yeah, a yeah, set yeah. of circumstances that led us to where we are and yeah and we and we just started giving the money away and and um yeah you know well six 15 years now 15 years mm. on you know wow 
and and I think I think that the the charity is one of the most respected in the city. Yeah. I think we've gone from a very small unknown charity to you know who hasn't in all seriousness very yeah, few haven't yeah. heard of the Star Trust yeah, now. Absolutely. And we and you know we punch above our weight, but it, we we've, we've helped what four thousand plus children. I say children, that's not fair. Young people, yeah, yeah, up to yeah, the age yeah. of 25, 4,000 odd, in m many locally, but also in numerous countries around the world. And we've just helped them. We've given them what Dad gave me, what we said right at the beginning of this chat. We've yeah. given them somebody who goes, you are worth it, we do care, and you can do whatever you want. And it doesn't matter where that leads them in terms of their journey. What it does is it gets them on their own journey and sometimes we've, we've had Olympians come out of this. We've had educators come out of this. We've had young people who have just now become functioning human beings again. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's really exciting, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's just that, you know, the money's important. We give them, we give them an, a, a, an award, a grant. We give them a, some money to enable them to, to go to school, to be an apprentice to go on a, 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 um, a, a sports journey, to whatever it might mm. be. But actually, what's really important, that's, just, that's an enabler to start them off. Yeah. What's really important is that they know we care and that they know there's someone out there who really, really cares and has absolute belief in them. And that's the power, isn't it? Yeah. And that's, so all we've done with the charity is we've just carried on my dad's message. That's all we've actually done. <laughs> what an amazing, mm. what an amazing legacy! But uh, and, and without, like you said, without not really knowing, just n j just coming up with it and just going, let's just see what we it's do. It's funny, yeah. You know, I, I've spoken to, and this is not me beating people up. So forgive me if this comes across badly. Mm. What I'm going to say, I don't mean it to. But I've spoken to lots and lots of people over the years since we've had the charity who've said. And I've said, you know, would you like to support us? That's part of what we have mm. to do is get support. Yeah. And I've said to them, and we have loads of support, and it's really wonderful, but so many people have said, oh, yeah, well, we'll support you. I'm going to see what our profits are at the end of the year, yeah. um, see where we stand at the end of the year. Da -da -da -da. And, I, and I say to them, just so you're aware, when we started this, we started with debt. Yeah. When's a good time to do something? Yeah. If you believe in what we're doing, do it now. And that might be supporting us financially. That might be doing an event for us. That might be taking an interest. That might be introducing us to people. Yeah. Doesn't matter what form it takes, but if you're gonna wait until it, the time is right, then we should end the conversation. Because I guarantee you, the time is never right. Never right to do it. The only time to do it is when it's in your head. Do it now. Yeah. Whatever it is in life, do it now. Get up. Walk down the street to find a job. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set up a podcast because you want to do it now. Yeah, yeah. When's the right time for anything? And, th and that, that I, that's the only thing I find frustrating with having the charity is yeah. how many people have said, when the time's right. And I'm yeah, like, it's yeah. never right. But that, that, that's, the, that's such a powerful message. Like you said, in, in life, in business, anything. There's never going to be a right time to start a business. There's never going to be a right time to start a charity. Do you start a business when the market's a bullish market yeah, no because everyone's in it yeah. do you start a business in a in a soft market no because who'd open up a business in a bad market i mean yeah, there's when, no time to do it is exactly there that. You just, it's that so you just yeah. do it just yeah, do it yeah. i love yeah and look, I, i've again been fortunate enough i guess to see 
what the Star Trust has done and, and been to some events and seen the impact it has mm. on, on those young people. And yeah. And it is truly phenomenal. And yeah, it, it is. It, it, re it really is. And to help that amount of people and raise the amount of money that you've done is 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 mind blowing to be honest. Yeah, I mean it's it's exciting. I mean because the company survived, yeah, yeah. Um, I was able to pick up the costs and yeah. and but again going back to this this just belief that it's all going to be okay. I yeah, guess yeah, yeah. you know over the years, over the fifteen years, there's been many times over the fifteen years, way too many times, where I haven't been able to pay my bills. Yeah. I've always paid all my staff. Yeah. I've always paid all my creditors. Yeah. And everyone who I owe money to always get paid. Yeah. I haven't taken salary because the money isn't there in the business and I don't know what I'm going to do because all of a sudden I've lost this or this has happened. Yeah. But I've kept the Star Trust going the whole time because it just felt like it was important to do. Um, and I've So Seiko covers all the running costs of the charity and it always has and it, all the time I'm running it always, it yeah. always will. So it does mean that whatever money we raise, we give out 100%. And yeah. that's really exciting as well. Because I know not every charity is able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I know we talk about charities not giving out enough of what they raise. I think fundamentally every charity would like to give out 100%. Yeah. But it's not possible. You know, a charity yeah. is a business. Yeah, yeah. We're lucky that I've met, or lucky, or I don't know what the word is, but we've, I've been able to maintain that even when I shouldn't have done. Yeah, yeah. I've been able to, I've yeah, been able yeah, to yeah. maintain that. But it does mean that we're in a position where we, we can do that. And it does, yeah, it changes lives. It's very exciting. But do, do you, just there like that, that, those times when you're, you're looking and going, oh, I can't actually pay myself. Yeah. They're sleepless nights at them times. Yeah, do, you, yeah. do, do you struggle with that? Or are you just, because of that self-belief, you just go, I know it's going to be okay. Well, and no, that gets I mean, I'm, I'm a human being. So, of course, I, I stress and I worry about it. I mean, yeah. what human doesn't? That's, that, yeah, that's, yeah. Our, that's in all of our DNA, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's how long you worry for is probably yeah, the key. Yeah. I think that certainly it, well, from, from childhood probably up until having my own, no, not, not baby, so I was the same as this when I had Asha. I think, I th you know what, I think it was when I was hitting, getting close to 50, my risk profile started to change a bit. <laughs> I think up until then, I did have this mad belief. Um, and I would have sleepless nights. I, I remember many nights, I remember, I remember going to bed on a Christmas Eve, thinking to myself, I, you know, I've got to Christmas Eve, let's have a good Christmas, because Boxing Day, I'm stuffed. I've got bills to pay. I've got no money. I don't know what I'm going to do. I jet like literally mm. at that point, it's all going to go pear shaped and it's all going to go. I might as well have a good Christmas and enjoy it with with a family. And then I've gone to work on that Boxing Day. I remember it was yesterday. I just went into the office, opened it up, almost as sort of a a last farewell. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. And there was an envelope on the floor of this guy who who'd owed me money for about eight months, and I thought I'd written it off, and the, the check was there. And I was like, wow, okay, we, we live to fight another day. <laughs> you know, I think that most of my life I've expected that still. Yeah. I've gone to bed and I've been awake all night and I've lied there holding my head going, oh, I don't know what to do until I get to the point of understanding it's not me, it's not my job to know what to do that my job is just to believe it's going to be okay yeah. and that somehow it will be. Blind faith, I'm not a religious person, yeah. but faith is important. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's that, that belief that 
My job is to believe it's going to be okay mm. with every fibre of my body, yeah. and therefore it will be. And it's always worked that way. As I've got older, as I've hit my 50s now, <laughs> mid-50s, as I've got older, I still have that absolute belief that it's all going to be okay, but my risk profile has changed. I, I find myself looking now rather before I jump. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's because we get to a point where our family's a little bit older now and we need to be there for them yeah, a yeah, bit sure, more. Sure, it's sure. all a bit, m little bit more important. Yeah, yeah. And I guess we have only so many years of our business left. Not to say I, I'll ever stop working, but what yeah, I'm yeah. doing. So you, I think your risk profile does change. Yeah, but, yeah. but I haven't ever lost that, that feeling of it's not my job somehow to know how. Yeah. It's just my job to believe it will happen. Yeah. You know, it's like that. It's like the Aladdin story, isn't it? You know, you kind of, you get the magic uh, lamp, lamp yeah. and, and you rub the lamp and the genie comes out and the genie says, you know, what's your wish? And you give the genie the wish. No, Aladdin doesn't doubt it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you, you go, I mean, it's ridiculous. You go on Google, right? You go, put it, go into Amazon and you find that box you want to buy, that chair you want to buy, yeah. that computer you want to buy, the bike you want to buy, whatever. The moment you you put in your credit card number, the moment you hit purchase and it says purchase, you don't for a second doubt it's going to come. I mean, mm. not a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. You have absolute 100% belief it's going to turn up. Now, of course, the odd one it doesn't, but you're not there at that point. At that yeah. point, the moment you hit purchase, yeah. what you've got, you're you 100% sure it's coming. I'm like that with everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> As in, the moment I in my head I go, I'm gonna, g I'm gonna get there, or that's gonna happen. I kind of just put it aside. Then I go, well, I've ordered it. I've almost ordered it. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and therefore the fact that it hasn't happened yet, and the fact that I'm gonna go into work, and I don't know what I'm gonna do. The other part of me goes, but you've already ordered what's coming, yeah. so it it will be there when you need it, yeah. and it. And I have to say, I've always had that, and it's always happened. And whether that's because I'm just a lucky person by birth, or whether one, because one believes so much, yeah. that one then spots the signals when they're out there, when oh, other right. people aren't spotting the signals, I don't know. Whatever the reason is, I think that unwavering belief that it's going to be okay has never left me. Yeah. And, uh, and somehow, yeah, it, de it delivers. Yeah, I, I definitely think the latter. I think if you... If you've got that, uh, trying to keep that positive mindset, that self-belief and that, that belief that things are going to be okay, you, you, you're, you're not looking down. Your eyes you're, are you're up. You're expecting it, and, you, and, and therefore you spot uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's agree. possibly not unfair. Again, how I say this without being offensive. I don't. Possibly it's not unfair to think that everyone gets the same opportunities, maybe. Mm. Different opportunities, but yeah, everybody yeah. gets opportunities. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. difference between those who take them and the ones who don't are the ones who believe it's for them yeah. and spot them therefore yeah. and the ones who are told it's not for you and therefore have their head down and they miss them yeah. but I think everyone has opportunities everyone yeah. gets opportunities in life the whole time some of us yeah. are, uh, have been have been educated by our parents to b to see and yeah. to believe that it's for us yeah, yeah. so we do and the ones but I guess the ones we're trying to help with the Star Trust are the ones who think it's not for them. Yeah. And all we're trying to do is lift their eyes up. So when yeah. the opportunity comes past, they see it, yeah. they believe it's for them, and they grab it.
And that's, I think that's all I've ever done. Mm. I, I haven't known any different. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Well, look, we, we, we obviously, we, ne we have to talk about the, the, the challenge that you have just finished, of course. Yeah. So 52 Olympic triathlons yeah. in less than a year. Yeah. And le let's, let's go back and look at there's many challenges you've done. English Channel, yeah. um, Ironman. Yeah. Uh, how, does, how does this compare to, to those? Okay, I think as a s if we break them down into singulars, yeah. a lot easier. Yeah. You've done Olympic triathlon. Yeah, yeah. To say it's easy is not fair, right? You've done one. They're yeah, hard but it's, 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 it's achievable. Totally it's achievable. Yeah. Anyone could actually yeah, achieve yeah, 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 a few yeah, of them. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the events themselves, they're nowhere near as hard as the Ironman, which is, I think, a crazy event to do. That Literally, tested yeah. me and the channel swim. I mean, you know, yeah. two years of, of learning to swim because I was a non-swimmer and then yeah. having to do seven and eight hour pool swims twice a week. Just backwards and forwards for eight hours. You know, I didn't have but any was, of that on this. this. was for the solo swim, wasn't it? Yeah. Was gonna do yeah. It. I, I'm keen to talk, talk about that as well, the, the solo swim. Because did, did, did you complete and you then ended up doing as a, a, a relay? Yeah. Again, so. we talk about this journey all the time, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. I, my plan was to leave England and get to France. Yeah. I was a non-swimmer, so I took. I had to learn to swim in 18 months, pretty much, and swim the channel. On top of that, I have Crohn's disease. Um, none of this is an excuse, by the yeah. way, but I have. I do have Crohn's disease, yeah, but yeah, for yeah. 30 years. And what that means is I can't take in the nutrition I need to. I can't yeah. take the gels, the powders. I can't eat volume of any type. My weight just falls off me, <laughs> and I have Crohn's episodes a lot, and and they take all your energy away. So I had that going on at the same time, and I have a arthritis, a few, ir irrelevant, but I have a few bits and bobs. So I found that I was I was stepping up to the challenge, but my body couldn't do it. So the, the longest swim, I managed to get eight hours into the swim. And then my coach pulled me out and said, you know, you're literally going to die. You cannot, you know, I, I didn't know where I was. I was swimming the wrong way um, because I'd, I'd got down at this point, my weight had dropped to just over seven and a half stone. That's crazy. Wow. That's crazy wow. because yeah, yeah. the weight was pouring off me because of the Crohn's. I just couldn't. I yeah, couldn't yeah. get the thing in. So we came back, and again, you know, shed my tears. I was doing this for the charity. I was doing this to for dad. Yeah. I was doing this to raise money, and I've let everyone down. Obviously nonsense. Everyone, no one felt that, but yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I felt. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And after a, an hour or so of crying, what do what do you do? You say, you know what? We 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 control the controllables, and we accept the uncontrollables. Well, the uncontrollable here is I have Crohn's disease. I, my weight won't allow me to swim 13 hours nonstop. I could do eight, yeah. barely. I can't do 13. And also, the uncontrollable is I've been swimming for 18 months. People who swim the channel spend their whole life as swimmers. You know, I'm not. I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. just some guy who used to splash in a pool. So I, I, I said, okay, that's the uncontrollable. What's the controllable? Well, I get some. I, I, over this 18 months, I've joined a swimming club. I've met some extremely good swimmers. Let's take them with me and let's do it as a relay. So that's what we did. We turned it into a relay, um, and I ch finished my challenge A to B. I got from England and we got to France, and that, it was a hard swim. There was it was gale force <laughs> five or six the whole way. <laughs> um, we were one of six relays went out that day. We were the only one who completed it. So it was a hard challenge yeah. still, but we I found a way of doing it. Again, don't be so steadfast. Just go with the tide. Yeah. <laughs> if the tide says you can't go that way, don't go that way. And I, and um, I had to just accept the the uh, uncontrollables mm -hmm. and just control what I could in life. And I could, I knew with a team, 
and we worked together, we'd get there. So yeah, we we got there. Um, it took us it took us just under thirteen hours actually, and it was crazy experience. And and is it harder or easier than the solo channel? I think that everything you do is hard. Mm. You know, it pushed me to my limit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> tilt would probably do me because I'm assuming you obviously do a bit, and then you get on a boat. And but that's what's difficult. You know, the difficult is the boat. It's it's not a, a luxury yacht. It's a fishing <laughs> boat. There's no indoors. You're sitting at, on the back of it, and it's going at zero miles an hour. I mean, it's like one mile an hour, one and a half miles an hour, because you've got to follow the swimmer, or the swimmer follows you. You've got to yeah. stay together. So the boat is rocking left, right, and centre. Water's washing over you. People are being sick. You've done your hour, you've come out, you can't touch the boat during your swim, you can't, you're on your own in there, you have to wait in the sea while the next person jumps in behind you, they then swim ahead of you, you then swim around them and get off and get on the boat. There's strict rules oh, yeah, for this, yeah, yeah, or you yeah, sure, go home sure, sure. as a team. You then get on the boat, you try and dry off, which isn't easy, because water's coming over you, you get dressed, they try and get you to eat, which I found incredibly hard, yeah. and then couple of hours later you're told right strip off you're getting back in and the last thing you want to do at this point <laughs> is get back into the middle yeah. of the ocean and there's like these tankers going past which are like hotels a huge thing waves with say gale force five i mean it's mad and you've got to just jump off the side of the boat in the middle of the channel and you do lose sight of the boat at times because the waves are big that you can't see the boat and you then think i'm lost in the middle of the channel here. and for me I wasn't even a swimmer, wow. <laughs> you know. I'd, I'd been swimming less than two years at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a, it was a, it was an incredible challenge. I mean, but uh, wow. but it was all about who I met along the way. You know, mm. over that two years of taking it on and learning it, I met so many interesting people, yeah, and I'm I heard so many stories, and I learned so much about myself. Like, mm. God, I mean, I, it didn't matter that we got there or not. It just didn't matter. And, you uh, know, but, but, but what I love about that as well is the fact that. You, like you said, the same, and this is such a great lesson for life, business, whatever it is. The, I, I want to get to there. I don't. I don't. I, I can't. Th this route, I can't take. Yeah. That route doesn't allow me to get there. So I need to find another route. Yeah. You find a solution. You find another route. I'm still going to get there. Yeah. It's just taking me doesn't on a different matter, journey. Does it? You know? it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't fixate on that. Yeah. Don't keep banging your head against the same wall. Go round it. Go over it. Go under it. Go back and go the other way round. You know, um, and it doesn't matter if you never get there either. Yeah, that's, yeah. Th that's what I discovered. It doesn't matter if, I mean, I, we got there, but it doesn't matter. What matters is what happened along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I guess, again, something that's come out of this a lot for me is it's about the people you meet on that journey, as you just alluded to, maybe the impact you have on yeah, people. On them and I think, better. and vice versa, and I think like the same, almost like, like you said, the reason for starting the charity and that because back to the window cleaner and the yeah. impact that your dad had had on that on him on that one, on that guy. one yeah. guy all led to all of this yeah. yeah so i you know when i so I, when i finished the channel what it did do it raised the level of the charity up yeah yeah sure sure to go back to your question on the 53 challenge the the channels then raised the charity up at the time yeah well above its weight because yeah. people were saying who's this idiot <laughs> lunatic you know um this one before yeah, never one before he's got this il these illnesses that are, that make it that much harder um trying to punch above his way what's he doing uh, so people started to take notice of this i mean i raised at the time just under eighty thousand pound over the two years for the charity wow. which for us was astonishing i cannot tell you we were a new charity i mean yeah. we're going a couple of years at this point um so it, it it did the job 
why did I take on this 52-52 challenge was for similar reasons. We'd had the pandemic. Mm. Our money was virtually gone in the charity. We were still trying to help. I needed to do something. Mm. I knew Tracy and Rosie would go out there and work their socks off, which they've done and raised an amazing amount of money. Yeah. But I needed to do my bit. I'm the chairman. I set it up. I, I can't watch people. I have to do my bit, right? Yeah, and that's my yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I needed to do something. And it was just at the time when one of our young stars, Nathan, needed help. He needed us to, to help him with a substantial amount of money to, to change from one sport to another. He has cerebral palsy, and it was very challenging going from one sport to another for him. Um, and the Star Trust didn't have the money, and the amount he needed was above our maximum grant. If we give up yeah. to 5,000, yeah. he needed far more than that. So I, for me, it was, I guess, taking the challenge on ticked a number of boxes. One, it meant outside of the charity, I, could ra- I, I wouldn't break the charity rules by giving him more. We could give him our maximum, then I would personally raise the balance so I could get him where he needed to be. Just mm-hmm. give him that chance, that's yeah, all. Yeah. Whether, what he does with it, yeah. down to him, but give him that chance. It ticked that, it ticked that important mm. box. Hopefully, it would raise the money the charity needed for the next couple of years, okay. or certainly the next year, to help more kids, and also raise our profile, and it definitely did both of those. And then the third tick, which is probably the biggest tick, which is us, isn't it? Mm. What do I need? Mm. And much as it was a tough challenge and a crazy one to take on, I clearly, like you, got this need to push myself. Mm. And it ticked that box. So from a very selfish point of view, <laughs> it ticked <laughs> it ticked <laughs> a box. As oh. to whether it was harder, because I've kind of skirted around that yeah, question, yeah. as an individual a triathlon, no, it's not going to be as hard as the Ironman, which is, yeah. what, eight times longer? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, um, yeah. And certainly not as hard as the channel swim. What the, the two things that made this challenge difficult was that you don't get any rest between. So on the channel swim, I was training a lot. I mean, crazy amount of training. Yeah. Have to, you know, seven, eight hours in the pool. The Ironman, you know, you're out there on a Sunday morning at four in the morning doing a six-hour, seven-hour bike ride. And then jumping, putting it, jumping off the bike, sticking on your shoes, and running a half a marathon just as a training day. <laughs> but you have, you could choose when not to do it. You could go, I'm too tired, mm. my back's aching, my Crohn's is bad, my head isn't in it, it's raining, I'm tired, I'm not going to train this week, I'm just not going to bother. Yeah. And I could do that on all of those events. This event, I, I didn't have that luxury. I didn't have any, and I don't know any athlete who doesn't have rest days. Yeah. I mean, any athlete would tell you, I've got to have rest days. Yeah. I couldn't do it on this because I'd committed to, to doing one Olympic triathlon every week for 52 weeks. I then decided to bring it forward a month because I didn't want to have to swim in the sea on, in December. Yeah. I swim in the sea, but I couldn't do the distance in the yeah, sea yeah. in December. So I ended up having to do 52 triathlons in 48 weeks, um, in taking into account family holidays, um, all that stuff taking into account the fact that my Crohn's might be so bad, as we said, I just couldn't. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, the fact yeah, that I didn't yeah. want to. I literally, my weight dropped, I was unwell, I couldn't. My back would go because it's too much um, too much exercise, mm. too much work. I had no choice at any point of saying, I'm going to take two weeks off. Otherwise, I'd get behind, yeah. and I wouldn't have enough time to make it up. So from a point of view of the challenge being harder, physically, it meant for the year I haven't had a break. I've trained... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to keep myself moving. Done the event on Friday. I have Saturday off, and then I start training on Sunday lightly, and then back to Monday. Train Monday to Thursday, do the event, 
Saturday off, start Sunday. So for the whole year, even when my Crohn's has been bad, even when my back's been bad, mm. I've had to get on the bike, go in the, in the sea, do a run. That's been physically challenging, but, I, but it's okay. I've got through it. The hardest bit has been the mental side of yeah, it. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. And that's the, and I've, I've chatted to you over the year. We've mm. chatted a lot yeah, about this. And there's been times when I've woken up in the morning and I, and I have had a bad night with my Crohn's. Mm. And I don't even want to get out of bed. And it's pitch black. Yeah. It's five in the morning. And the reason I, I would go early on a Friday was because I've got a job to do. Still got to go to work. <laughs> so I still need to be at work by nine, ten o'clock. So the only way I could do the, the, the challenge, which was on average three and a half hours, was to start at half five in the morning. So at five in the morning, I'm up. It's raining outside. It's pitch black. It's cold now. Um, and my, my Crohn's has been bad in the night. Mm. I've got a busy work day ahead. The very last thing I want to do is an Olympic triathlon. An Olympic triathlon. <laughs> but it might be number 38 out of 52. I have to do it. And I've had, I, I would say probably, I don't know, 35, 40, if not more, of the 52, I felt like that. So it's been a harder challenge. Mentally. Mentally. Yeah. <laughs> but probably not physically. You know. Yeah. yeah. I, it, but like you say, like we have, it's been great messages. And, uh, you've been, a, you've been a bit of my, you, I, I've kind of leaned on you a lot with it, oh, whinging mate. at you. No, oh, I don't want to do it you, today. You, you, you've been, you've been not great at all, but it's been, me along with it long it's, been, it's just been incredible. Like you see your posts and they come up on Facebook and you go, just done another one. You look out, like you said, people look out and they see that weather like that. The last thing I'd want to do is actually go out at all, yeah. let alone go and swim and then do a bike ride. Yeah. But and just like, like you say, I suppose again, you've got that thing that you want to achieve. You want to, and to, for me to get there, I've got to do it. And and that. Yeah, and again, control the controllables, yeah. right? So, you know, my plan was I swim in the sea, which is basically twice around the Palace Pier or the Brighton yeah. Pier. Yeah. So you start on one side, swim all the way to the other, and all the way back. Yeah. Um, jump on my bike, cycle say to Worthing and back. Yeah. Stick on my shoes, run to the marina and back. I mean, that's a simple. That's a in terms of a simple route. Yeah, yeah. There's been, there's been a number of official ones I've done over over the year, yeah, yeah, cool. um, which I've signed up to, and yeah. and I've had other routes. But control the controllables. Well, there's been some days where the sea's been so rough, literally impossible. I mean, you you wouldn't come out. Yeah. I'm not in this to, to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on the wind's been so bad, I can't cycle. Or there's been other times when my back. Because my Crohn's has been bad, it affects my muscles in my back, which is not mechanical, but it's it's uh, spasms. Yeah. And I literally are struggling to get my socks on, yet I've still got to get on the bike. Well, rather than go on the road on that bike yeah. and deal with the stops and the starts and the bumps in the road and leaning forward on the bike, which is just impossible when you're back from spasm, mm. I get on the bike in the gym, put the turbo on, and I sit sitting up, holding a, a, a brush, you know, a sweeping brush, so I've got something to hold myself up on, yeah. and I spin my legs for 40k. Brilliant. You know, what you do is, you, you look at it, and you go, I want to do it like that, but I, I can't. That's the, con I, so what's the controllable? Well, the control swim, the whatever it is. Yeah, you, yeah. you do, you know, if I can't get in the sea, I get in a pool. Yeah. If I can't get in a pool, I get on, in a, on a swim bench. Yeah. If I can't get out on the bike, I'll get on the turbo. And running, I didn't virtue all the runs were outside, but there were some I had to do inside because I wasn't well. Yeah. Um, I did one when I had COVID. I couldn't go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had to be in the gym. I've got, a I've got enough equipment at home. Yeah. I played around with it. I did the swim, the bike, and the run at home. 
I did the distances, I did all the, the movements, yeah. but you have to control what you can control. What what uh, what just an incredible I guess uh, for people listening and just as an inspirational thing just from a mindset point of view just for uh, just to show what can be achieved in life like you said what th- we can achieve anything in life if we actually Absolutely. put our mind to it and we believe in ourselves that much and we go out there and and what what I've taken massively from this I- is that because I'm always sometimes too fixated on that to get there that that's my route I've got to go yeah. down and actually just going. That that route is not the doesn't no. need to be that route. I can still get there, but I'm going to go the long way round. And don't always this. try and work out how to get yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes the route will show itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Mate, what well, I'm, 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 it's yeah. been unbel- Like I said, it's been unbelievable. One to, I say, do one with you. We've done one in the same competition. Not necessarily together. I think I still mentioned to Bill, I said, I'll text Rob after I finish. And he, I said, how are you getting on, mate? And he went, yeah, 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 I'm on my, on my way home. And I, <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. He was uh, a li- little bit ahead of me. But that's all right. You'd, done, you'd had a bit more Doesn't practice, so we're going to leave practice, that. Yeah. <laughs> but, we, but it was but it's just uh, fascinating. We had an amazing swim when we swam peer to peer. And yeah. just, uh, it's blown me away. And I've loved seeing And to, to be there last Wednesday, I would not have missed that for the world. Wonderful. To be there Wednesday, last yeah. Wednesday and, and come right. up and have a, people supporting you there and see you run up that. And <laughs> the brilliant thing was, I said to Peter, I'm standing at that finish line and going, he, he hasn't made it easy for himself, has he? He's going to finish on the on an in- you finish on the incline, didn't he? Because you're yeah, I lived on the top, top of the hill. I could have I, I could have <laughs> run round and, and finished com- the last K coming down a hill. Oh yeah, why did I do that? <laughs> I know, but it, I, I don't. What does that, I don't know what that what that says about me. It's, it's kind of, but my I natural thing was it somehow the last one didn't feel hard enough, so I thought I'd fini- <laughs> I better finish on the hill to really you know it's strange, isn't it? It's just how the brain works, isn't it? Amazing. Strange, yeah. But we're coming towards you. There's just a couple of bits I want to want to ask you. And one being around like all these things. So all these challenges, like you say, getting up and squeezing that into your day, doing that, running a business, running a charity, having a family as well. Yeah. What what does work-life balance is something I often struggle with and talk about on here a lot about how people achieve that. And I'm and, and I remember speaking to you. Probably the first time we—I'd known you for a while, but the first time we actually sat next to each other was at one of our friend Ryan's yeah, um, Best of British yeah. events. We sat next to each other, and I remember asking, "Say, oh, I've known you, done the Ironman in the channel." I was really intrigued and excited to hear about the different things you do. And I remember you saying, "I just treat if if I was going to start a business, you go right. I've got to get up and I've got to fit that into my day." So I just looked at them challenges. That's another part yeah. of my business, and that's how I structure it. Have you got just uh, an amazing amount of structure in your day? Do you do you feel like you have the work life balance right, like okay. with family and? Do that? I have structure? I don't know. I don't know. I I would like a list. I do. I like <laughs> yeah, to start yeah, the day yeah. with a list so I can tick things off. I tell you what. I think that I I I lump everything in together. Yeah. What is how I do it. So we have we have Seiko and we have the mortgage business here and the insurance business abroad. I'm writing another. I've written a book, as you know, and yeah, I'm a, yeah. a, a, fic, a ghost story, and I'm writing another one at the moment. Yeah. You know, m- musicals, and I've done that, and my sports stuff, and the charity, and Seiko. But I don't look at it, and my family life. I don't look at it as I'm now going to do s- spend an hour on Seiko. I'm now going to spend an hour writing. I'm now going to spend an hour on the charity. I now mm. need to spend an hour here. I don't do any of that. I literally look at what's on my list, and I start at A, and I work my way through. 
sometimes I get to see and I go, I just can't face doing C today. I'm, it's, I just, it needs writing report. I don't have the energy. So that becomes Z. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and eventually it, it comes to A and I'll keep bouncing it on yeah, yeah. until eventually I do it. And then one a day will come when I go, I can handle that today yeah. and I'll do it. But I basically, I, I, I get up and I just go to work. And work is... Work and play are kind of the same thing because I enjoy everything I do. I enjoy my business. I love the people I work with. My staff are wonderful. They're, I don't even want to call them my staff. They're great mm. people to, to be with. Um, all the, e everything I do, it's all, I, en I make sure I enjoy it all. And mm. therefore, in a day, I could touch one of those things or all of those things. Mm. The important bit that's really important is my school pickup. Um, Sharon takes them to school in the morning. I pick up, pick up the kids. At s they finish school at six o'clock. Yeah. My oldest is now at college. So he brings himself home. But the twins are still. I pick them up at six o'clock. I've always done that. I never miss that. There isn't a part of my business life that's important enough for me to miss that. Um, so that's really important. Um, when I've done my training, as an example, um, I, I do it at half five in the morning. Mm. Why? Because everyone's asleep. So, you know, I'll get up on a Saturday morning. If I've got to do, and I was doing the Ironman, I was having to do, like, you know, a seven-hour bike ride. Mm. You'd often, you wouldn't see me. I'd be out of the house at, like, three, half three in the morning, cycling over the downs. Because I want to be home when they wake up. So, you know, uh, the important bit for me is my family life. That's, nothing takes preference over that, whatever it is. I need to be there for my kids, for me, as well mm. as for them. I need yeah, that. I need yeah, that. Yeah, That's yeah. my fix. Yeah. I have to have that. And I need to be there for Sharon. And Sharon, w w I mean, she, uh, she's like Superwoman. I, I know I sound busy. She's like, she's literally like Superwoman. She's got so many different mm. projects and jobs she does. Mm. She's, she's in the entertainment bit world and she, she's crazy amounts of stuff. Mm. So, I, you know, we're a partnership. So, you know, if, if the washing and iron needs doing, I'm going to do the washing and the ironing. If dinner needs cooking, I'll do the cooking. And if she needs to do it, she will. So if there's a day when I need to be there to help out, or if it's Saturday and I want to be there mm. when they wake up, so I'll get up at three in the morning and do it. You know, we all have 24 hours in a day. If you want to do something, find a way of doing it. So I think my work-life balance is perfect because I, I get as much, I get all the home time, I get more home life than people who do a nine-to-five job, in my opinion. Mm. You know, yet I still find time for writing, my music and I, I play some instruments I do that for fun and I, I find time for that I find time for my sport I do the charity stuff come out and hang out with you today yeah. you know and I'll go back to work after we've, after we've met here and I'll, I'll, I'll open my diary and oh I've got to do that now I'll do that so it's all I don't I don't compartmentalize yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's brilliant about it and that's something fascinating for me to listen to and learn that actually this is my life it's not that's work life that's home life that's charity life. Th no. This is my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to, there's some non-negotiables in there, yeah. which is amazing. That's something I guess I'm trying, to, especially with when it comes to the kids and being around for Kelly and, and the family, checking myself, I need to be better. Yes. But I just, I think that, that that's such an amazing way to look at it. Like this is like, and like you said, because work, especially if you enjoy well, work. Let's go back to what, what you asked me earlier when we talked about success. Mm. And do we attribute success to money? Well, if we attribute success to money, then actually your job is your job. Yeah. And your hobby is your hobby. Mm. If you remove that aspect and you just say it's all one, 
but the money still comes in because mm. you're, you're part of that is you're working and you'll find the time to do that in your work mm. but by making it all one then you're not giving that power to any one thing and and and, and then none of it becomes overwhelming mm. none of it becomes too important does it mate an education it's an education being in, being in your being in my in head company, yeah. mate listen before we do our yeah. quick fire questions what does the future hold for Rob Star? Blimey, what does the future <laughs> hold? Well, I hope a bit longer would be would be nice. I don't know. Who knows that? Ne ne next challenge? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm saying everyone's asking me that. Yeah, I'll bet. What's I'll your next bet. challenge? And I don't feel the need to do one at the moment, mm. and I don't feel the need to, to plan one. I do know, and it would be naive of me to say otherwise, that I'll be walking down the street and a bus will go past with a poster on it, or I'll turn the radio on and someone will say something. Or I'll be sitting with Sam and you'll just th do a throwaway comment that might not be related to anything. And something in my head will just go, ooh, hello. I'm not naive enough to know that won't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, how, when, I have no idea. Let's Again, let's go back to that. That just I know I'm going to do something yeah, yeah. only because I, I clearly need it for me. Um, but I'm not gonna, I don't need to plan when or how or what. So I don't know, and then uh, I'm just gonna just gonna go, and maybe this will maybe this will be the last one. I don't know. Yeah. Don't want to know. A what a great <laughs> just a great way to look at life in general, though, isn't it? You know, because we so, don't yeah. know what tomorrow holds. No, nope. and I guess this what I'm taking from that just those comments and listening to you about being present in the moment. Because mm. for me, I guess listening listening to podcasts I do and hosting the ones I've done. Just the key, really, I guess, to fulfilment is trying to be present as much as we can yeah. for whatever we're doing. So, like you just said about all these things that you do, whatever one that you're, whatever one of that life particle that you do, that you're present in that moment. Yeah, I'm moment, with the yeah. kids. I'm there. Yeah. Um, doing my run. I'm there. Yeah. I'm playing my music. I'm writing my book. I'm working on the business. Whatever those bits are, at that moment, that, I'm present. At that moment, that's my job. Yeah. That. It's got to be where fulfillment and maybe that is the definition of success. Maybe I've made it after all. Yeah. That is it. <laughs> we've nailed it. We've nailed here. it. We got there. End of series three, and we've now the definition, the perfect definition <laughs> for success. Mate, listen, we're going to finish with our quick fire questions. Okay. I'm going to chuck these at you. Right. One piece of advice you give to your 18 year old self. This is quick fire. Quick fire. Um, oh, just don't worry. You know what? I didn't. I, I was too young to understand that it's such a wasteful thing. Mark Twain, best thing, best quote, yeah. Mark Twain quote, I'm an old man and I have suffered many problems, the majority of which never happened. You know, stop worrying. Yeah. I say that to myself, it'll be all right. It will be all right. It's all good. <laughs> Love it. I think I might well know the answer to this one, but who has inspired you throughout your career and life and why? You know what? I, I I can only say my dad, yeah. as you know, and that's what I'm assuming. That's what you were thinking. Yeah. There's no one in my career who's inspired me because I don't look at anyone as being better or worse than me. Mm. I'm just making this up as I go along, as, as as we've said, and as you have, as well as you do as well. And I think anyone who anyone who gives something a go mm. inspires me. And I and I think that's anyone who just it doesn't matter whether it works or doesn't. Anyone who who takes step one. I, I, I go, wow, crack on. Love it. Can, 
can you recommend a book or podcast to our listeners that's, that you had, that's had an podcast. impact on you? It's a Sam Thomas podcast. Every Sam, <laughs> every Sam Thomas podcast. <laughs> obviously, too kind. Too kind. Book. I finished a book recently called I can't remember who wrote it. It's called Never Split the Difference. <laughs> Never Split the Difference. It's written by who a guy who was the top hostage negotiator for the FBI. Wow. And this book, I've just gone, oh, my God, oh, if I'd have read this book when I was when I first started Seiko, I would have won every account. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's th- this book's like the education for me of just of right. listening, yeah. listening, listening, listening. <laughs> it's Love just it. the most never Love split it. the difference. Honestly, you should read it. It's okay. genius. It's absolute genius. It's on the list. It's on the it's list. It's on the list. Last one. What is your one rule for living a fulfilled life? The one rule for just I don't know you know what be the best that you can be, full stop. I think that's it. Mm. I think if it's not be the best, be the best you can be, and that means how you treat people, and how you treat yourself. I think that's it. Mate, what a great way to finish. I am. You know what? I I could have sat here for another few hours and we can do that at my house over a cold one. You and I I, sometime can't we? We we, we will (laughs) certainly do that and. Look, I've I've done many things this year. Different, you've done different loads bits this and pieces. year. My God, you've done how many challenges yeah. did you do? A, a few, a few, yeah, a, a few, a, a few. Lot. But I, I think, I, and I look, I'll look back. I'll sit back when I look back over this year, and I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I look back at some of the highlights, and actually, for me, probably one of the biggest highlights has actually really been getting to know you, seeing your journey, and being a little part of it on the way, and just becoming a someone I'd class as a very close friend and um, you really have had an impact and inspired me probably a lot more than you realise so it's um, I just thank you for that and thank you for coming on here sharing your absolutely amazing story with us well um, I, listen I mean if you're going to ask me one of my highlights it'll be the same I'm getting getting to know you I mean mm. say off, say where you meet a like minded person and we're, mm. we're very very similar actually yeah, Sam, so I, it's a joy to be mine I promise yeah. you so and thanks mate, for having me on mate it's been awesome what a great way to to finish up series three and that as they say sir is a wrap <laughs> i believe every business owner has a story to tell through seeking true authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey i provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen this is the county business talks podcast powered by picture book films <laughs>